Golight presents the Talking Bollocks podcast. What's the story? Episode 85 of the Talking Bollocks podcast brought to you by Go Loud. It's me, COB. It's me, Teddy Flower. And today we're joined by... Tony Groves. How are you doing, folks? Oh, that was a very uh, radio voice, that was. Oh, one. yeah. No, they, they always tell you, come in quiet. You know what I mean? And, and leave screaming. And then just cause more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gradually, yeah, yeah, like... Exactly. Raise the tempo afterwards. It's like, think, go soft, and then go mad. I have a <laughs> feeling that's exactly what's going to happen in this episode. <laughs> How's things, anyways? Good, lads. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, there was a few weeks in the making, and I know I let you down a couple of weeks ago, but events, dear boys, events, as they come say. Man, listen... You had bigger things to worry about than us, don't worry. We won't be going anywhere, so yeah, whenever you are ready, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, come here, we do a thing called Zingers Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know about them? I do. I don't know how to explain this one. Yeah. Try and explain it. So, you know them sweets you get, Tony, the rock solid. Uh, wouldn't recommend biting into them years. You have to suck them until they sure. get smaller and yeah, smaller. Yeah. What, what would you call those? Uh, what, a gobstopper? Oh, he calls him well, yeah. There we well, go. We call him a jawbreaker. Yeah, the well, jawbreaker was, but the jawbreaker was different. Jawbreaker came in a bit of plastic. You remember, you could buy it in like a five p jawbreaker, and you'd have to open it in a wrapper. Whereas a gobstopper, you could get it; they'd scoop it in. Now I'm a lot older than you mm. lads, right? So like, are <laughs> the two lads nothing? Yeah, we yeah. know. They can tell. Remember them? They used to look like a golf ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that was the, that was the jawbreaker for me. And and the, but the but the gobstopper was the was 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 the one that you go into. Every little penny shop that you had, and yeah. never penny. You know what yeah. I mean? They were the five p ones. Yeah, you yeah. know they drive you mad. But you get like, and you'd want, you'd want a couple. Of, give us two of them and ten. Uh, you know of the of the whatever the bonbons you wanted. Yeah, and or, the rest and yeah, 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 yeah. And and a macaroon if you had yeah. if you were going mad. That's Remember old school. That. that give us like one of them, one of them, and the rest and jellies. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the best. And you used to be literally taking a scoop of the jellies and counting them and all. <laughs> did you, 20, have, that, did you have the did you have the TP drinks? There was like a it was like Capri Sun. No, the Capri Sun. But it was like it was in the shape of like a. a I hate that. Like I'm sure now we wouldn't even get away with it. It was called a teepee with the like shape of an, an Indian tent. No. And you had to jam the straw into it, and the whole thing tastes like plastic. But you didn't care because the gimmick was you. You had this thing that looked like a tent. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. No, nah, see, I'm too old, lads. That's yeah, yeah, touching on, Tom. Going very great. <laughs> you just get the bottle of cadet. Remember? Ah, the cadet cream soda, yeah, cola or orange. Yeah, and they were always fifty p. Fifty p. Yeah, everywhere. I remember they were twenty p. It was inflation back then. Have you seen the price of Freddos now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, pop with Fredo on your bank statement you get rejected for a mortgage uh, did, 100% did you, did you get six packs of meanies now you're gone, gone. <laughs> yeah. who this fella think he is get him out of here uh, literally right the results of that thing boys yeah? yeah is 61 61 say jawbreaker 39% say gobstopper yeah there you go that, that's, that's what you call your de- your demographics a lot younger than mine <laughs> yeah. yeah you'd be surprised we got a lot of uh, a lot of heat in the DMs where people are saying they were different sweets like what you are at the moment yeah, breaking yeah. it down but the way you see it but is... I think people were thinking that the jawbreakers are the little ones they can get in four packs mm-hmm. but you can a... get big jawbreakers as well yeah if it's yeah, a ball yeah. and you can't bite it it's a jawbreaker. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to break your jaw. Yeah. That's right. hundred percent. It's a rocket science. Have you got a singer? Oh, God, no. See, the problem when you asked me, asked me to put them on, and I was thinking to myself, going, so the only thing is I'm going to do now is, 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 is actually say, the difference is when I talked about that, it was the it was the 50p, right? And uh, then, you see, 
I grew up in Ballymun, right? Sorry there. Yeah, can I tell you, lads? <laughs> but, but the beauty of it, the beauty of loving, loving where you were from is that you used to be able to go through Sandry Woods before it's all apartments. Mm. And, and the, only, the only thing that we had when you talk about this was there was a shop there and you could get for 50p two packs of Farmer Browns and now I'm really lo- losing you because they were Worcester sauce before there was Worcestershire sauce, right? Right. Are they and, crips? Yeah. Oh, man. And every time, when, when I said, when you literally said Zinger, the only thing I could think of was like, oh, the only thing you used to get great buzz out of was Worcester sauce crisps and just come back with five packets of them. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had to walk all the way back through Sandry Woods, go back over the Valley Run and that was the only, because that was, that was, that was like, there was literally no apartment there. It was just... That's like, not what no, yeah, yeah, Northwood. Like it's, yeah. it's just mad. Like, like the the park and it's lovely and all, but it's just like so. When the lads in the gym in Ballymun uh, left and went to the gym in um, Northwood, yeah, and when the lad, the fella goes, "Where's uh, where's Mickey?" He goes, "Oh no, he emigrated." I said, "He emigrated? Yeah. Yeah, he's moved to Northwood. Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally across the road. <laughs> across the road. You yeah. might as well be on the moon for us yeah. now from Ballymun. Yeah. It's mad know? that they actually say that that's Santry. It's it's Ballymun. Yeah, uh, it's more Ballymun than it's Santry. Oh, but look, mm. like, they say. Premier Dairies, where the Premier Dairies was always, you know, got your milk in Premier Dairies and it was Finglas. And then there's an apartment block there now and it says Premier Square Glass Neville, yeah. isn't it, Hoop? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people still do that, actually, who yeah. live up that neck of the say Glass Neville, mm. even though it's Finglas. Yeah, it's Glass Neville when they're selling the house, then it's Finglas when they're paying the property tax. 100%. That's what they do. Yeah, 100%. And, and I, can, I, can, I can testify to that as someone who still lives in the area. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So I'd be, I'd be as guilty as the next man. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm living in Santry now. And I always say to you, Terence, Santry's a kip. Ah. Santry is worse than town. Since I moved out there, there was a bomb scare the other day. I looked out the window, the robot's there, disarming a blade bomb in the middle of the road. The jump that's doing wheelies up and down the road on yeah, scramblers. Yeah, yeah. You only get that in town on Christmas Day. They used to have, yeah. but you, do, you know the land opposite Ikea? Yeah. They used to be able to, I used to, I don't know, get in trouble for this, but I used to like the idea that they could go there with the scrambler mm. bricks and have their... And everybody looked the other way. Yeah, because it's you know like I mean? a designated yeah, area. Just let them look yeah. the other way. The police didn't have to annoy them, and they could just do that. And then when they cut down on that, and then it did all that, it meant more dangerous for me and you and on all the, the rest road, of it. They took the road. Be mad, yeah. like because I'd be out, I'd run and talk at Valley Park in Finglas. I love that park. But the odd time I go through when it's like that fella just came over that ridge, and I'm coming, boy. Yeah. If he goes the wrong way, hitting you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I used to love that, like where there was a kind of. Like an amnesty area, you know, like the, let them have the fields up there and no one will bother them. And they yeah. would rise. And so, yeah, so there's a little bit of thing in me thinks that actually the gentrification fucked it up. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know, but whatever's going on out in Santry, like, I, is it trouble just following me or what? Like, I'm out there and at the start, it's like, it's very quiet, mm. very quiet, I miss town. And now I'm out there and I'm like, I'm going into town to get a break. Yeah. <laughs> Concrete the sirens and more are kicking off out there. Yeah. But um, have you got a thing up for this week? Have you? I've won that from last week. Remember, like that was a good one. Hold it. Right. Do you remember what it was? No. Yeah. So, do you prefer ice creams or ice pops? That's a good one. Tony, where are you going with that one? Um, at the moment, in this weather, it's ice pops, lads. Ice so, pops all day. Mm. You think so? Yeah. Tango Twister, brunch, loop de loops, rockets. What else? Clippos. Yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. These, are, these are really showing off. Though I go into Aldi and get the cheap knockoff That's version. The rockets. Ah, yeah, the rockets yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do the same job. They yeah. all do the same thing. Their, their knockoff uh, wibbly wobbly wonders is a godsend. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'll have that now, you know? Yeah. No, I, I got ice pops with that. Yeah, but like, what good ice creams is that? Magnum. 
Does that count as ice cream, yeah? Yeah, that's it ice would, cream. Yeah, I'd say it? ice cream, but you're also talking about tubs of stuff. And, uh, yeah. Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, why not big into Ben and Jerry's? Who wants a tub of that in this weather? You'd rather just... Yeah, uh, a mint feast. We had this before. Remember about the Ben and Jerry's, the point of eternity. Once the lid comes off that, it doesn't go back on it. Yeah, yeah I, st- I still never sat down and just had a Ben and Jerry's. But remember what I did in your gaff one day? Yeah, and I, the thing was I polished. I just bought a, a point of Ben and Jerry's in the shop one day and... Uh, that what it's called? Shout out to Lee Coley. Yeah, it's a point. Look at it, the measurement, of it's a point of Ben and Jerry's. Uh, one of the lads was there and he's like, oh, I'd have half of that now and put the lid on and put it back in the freezer. I was like, what are you talking about? I said, once I take the lid off, that's gone. The whole thing polished. <laughs> I did go to one of my favourite ice cream shops a couple of weeks ago and uh, asked them, and this is the, and literally, uh, this is my my preferred flavour, lads, showing my age again, is rum and raisin, right? That What's is rum and raisin. And I walked in and your man turned around to me and said, he said, hang on a second, he had to run in the back to get it because no one ever ordered. What's yeah. rum and raisin? Oh, it's, it's like literally rum flavour with raisins in it. Like yeah. it's, it's like a brown ice cream. With it it. Just, like, that's just something that me yeah. dad would get if you're in Tenerife. You know what I mean? Everyone's getting like mint and bleeding yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's getting fucking that. That's yeah. just, that just reminds me of Elvis. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. I've given up the ghost. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's when you know it's done, you know? That's a mad one, that. Right. Ice pops anyways, right? I, have a single, I think we used it before, but I want to ask you, Tony, yeah? Come on, yeah. Would you rather take a million euro now mm. Or flip a coin for a hundred million. Oof. See the thing is, I'd I'd probably take. See if it's, if it was for me, I'd take the risk. But for you guys, I'd say don't take the take. Yeah. The Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I'm more. I'm not as risk averse. Like I told you earlier about the stupid stuff. I I, I tried. To, you know. So I'm not that risk averse. I'd flip the coin. Yeah. But if it, if someone sat, if we sat down and you two said to me, Tony, what you want to do? I'd say take. I'd say bank the money, lads. Bank the money. But see, a hundred million, mm. you never have to do anything again. Yeah, but I think one million. I think, here, I tell you straight away, hundred million. My head went going, Jesus. Um, I'd go to O'Cool on and say, how many, how many, how many social houses could we build in such and such for that? And then because, and because you wouldn't need a hundred million, you could back. Say, say, let's go. Let's be greedy and say I need eight million. Yeah. And then what could you do with the rest? You know what I mean? And that's mm. where you're tossing the coin for. You're tossing the coin for the aspirational stuff. Mm. Um, that, but, but with other people's money, I'd be much more risk averse. I'd always say, no, no. Take what you can. Take yeah. what's on the table. Take that. Put it away. But I'm not. The, I, to to my own detriment. Often I, I flip the coin. Like you know, I've I've done that in loads of things like that in life. And and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, you 50 know. 50 isn't it? Yeah. I think we've done this before, but it was a lower amount. It wasn't a hundred million. Yeah. So someone sent it to me and said a million or a billion, and Obviously I was like, I'm flipping the coin. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have a million to start with. Well, like mm. a that's billion is a thousand times more money. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, you're gonna do it. Yeah. So that's why I changed to a hundred million. I think we did it for like, would you take five, uh, one or flip for five or something? Or flip for 50 when we done it the last time? Yeah. Something well, 50 like as well, 100. But for five, I wouldn't flip. You take the five? No, if it was one million, oh, I'd flip yeah. a coin for five, I'd take in the one. Yeah. But if it's one million, it's not worth the risk, yeah. I'd flip the coin for 50 or 100. Yeah. I'm flipping. Yeah, you have to. Look, I don't have the million. No, but, but I if know. someone puts a cash in front of me, then I'm short of looking at it. Oh, bollocks, shot like the other day. I'd flip it. Family shouting at the shouting at the speakers. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah <laughs> take yeah. the money. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that you ever seen when like you watch game shows and all, mm. and they're like trying to take the money. I join the Don't fucking take the money. Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it fucking going. Like, mm. Yeah, but if that was your brother or something, you'd be saying, "I'll take that money." Then. Yeah, I don't know. Like I always think if that was me in that situation. I'm not taking them. It's like the chase. Ever watch the chase? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. The, like the people who take the lower off on the chase. I swear to God, if, if that was a family <laughs> member of mine, to be the sound taking the lower off, I was disgusting. Yeah, you see Did you ever watch it? No. So like, 
what to do with the start? You give them a minute to answer. Look, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah but do you give them a minute and you have to answer as many questions as possible. Mm-hmm. And for every question, you get a grand. Yeah. So let's say they answer like six questions. So if six grand, then the chaser comes out and says, "If you take a step closer to me, I'll give you like sixty grand." But to take a step closer to home, I'll give you minus a grand. And people go, "Yeah, I'll take the minus grand." So you have to answer less questions. You, you gotta back. back yourself. You gotta, you got and now you gotta remember you're coming up against like you know. But proper, you see that? Proper. I've seen that before, and I think that that's fake. I think he knows the answers. No, I've seen the game questions wrong loads of times. Yeah, on purpose. No, he never loses. Yeah, you do. I've seen it loads of times. Does he? Yes. And I've I, seen, don't, I don't watch it that often. I've seen people go yeah. head to head with me. My elf likes it. You know? I, I, I love it. Anytime I've ever watched it, that fella gets every answer right and he wins. I love time. it. I love it. And. I actually looked, my board actually looked in to get me onto it oh, wow. before, but you had to be a UK resident. Yeah, you yeah. had to have a British passport. It's not an Irish one? It's not an Irish one, no. Uh, that's the door. Yeah, no, nah, Brexit me. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to go on it. Le- they should get an Irish one going. Let Tony Grouse host it. There we are. There'd be chaos. Slaughter <laughs> that'd be. But, uh, Fact checking people as they're, as they're mm. giving the last <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When Zingle. did Hitler invade Poland? Yeah, no, sorry. Hold that. Check that there, will you? <laughs> Singles over. Right. What way we do this? Don't know, you tell me. Yeah, so Tony, do you want to give us a bit of a background about yourself for us before? Because we have a couple yeah, of things yeah. that we actually want to talk about and we get your opinion on. I try to try keep it as brief as possible. Yeah. I currently am the co-founder, editing publisher of tortoiseshack.ie, which is a podcast platform for various podcasts. As, um, I think about 12, 13 at this stage, but you know, the, 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 they vary. Um, we make no apologies, we're pretty left-leaning, you know, we... we, we even if we said left lean, it's more, it's definitely a values-based thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it, when people come on board, it's, it's basically, you know, what do you, what, what do you want? What are you interested in? What's your vision? And actually do the values fit because the values have to, have to, have to matter. Um, but personally, like I'm, I'm a bit of a strange fish because, you know, I come from a huge financial background. I've, I've worked for some of the biggest banks in the world and, and domestic banks in Ireland. Uh, and I never fit. You know, my politics never fit, but I wasn't bad at what I did. Mm. That was always the big problem. Mm. You know, like, you know, like, like he, he was, it's like, that guy's always causing trouble in every, every, every meeting. Like I, I had a, a, a sore of the realm, you know, lose the plot at a meeting once because I said everything you just said at this thing was ridiculous. And, um, but luckily at the time, I think we were like 125% of target. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, you're getting into sort of like, you get, like I met Fred Goodwin. Do you, remember, you ever hear Fred the Shred? No. RBS when they brought RBS helped bring down the world and um, they were the fourth biggest bank in the world at the time and the ambition was they had this thing called Journey to One and they said we're going to get everybody together we're going to become the biggest bank in the world we're going to buy ABN AMRO we're going to do all of this we're going to get all these senior bankers in the wor- in, in this one big hotel for a weekend and we're going to all share our journeys and it was just it was, it was chaos right so, so the lads are all telling their stories and um, and I'm not going to name names I don't want to embarrass people but but one of the like one of the big senior fellas, we talked about Ballymun earlier, right? Um, he said, uh, he says, My name is such and such. Uh, I'm from Glasnevin. He said, mm. you know, and now I know where he's from uh, is now called Glasnevin but Avenue, like but then. it was Ballymun Avenue, yeah. right? So so they're all up at the at the table on the top and they're telling their they you know, you're to hear Sir Fred tell this story and all the rest and all the lads are telling the stories. And they, but we had to share with the like the the plebs, the, the lesser down, you know. Mm. And I'd written my story, and I'm not bad at talking shite, you know. So I'd written my story, and, and, the, and the, the lads go, anybody think anybody should sh- should share their story? And at the time, I was the manager of O'Connell Street, 
like literally around the corner. And um, and one of the lads beside goes, oh, yeah, get Tony, get Tony. And I could see one of the regional director's face go, oh, no, this is, yeah. this is going to, this ain't going to go well. So the <laughs> microphone comes down. I just stood up, took the microphone. And I said, my name is Tony Groves. I'm from Ballymun. And by the way, we still call it Ballymun. Yeah. <laughs> the top table. There was a, and, you know, I got out the, I got out the door. Regional director ringing me, what did you do? What did you do? And I was like, then your man actually himself rings me and says, oh, I thought it was funny. Clearly didn't think it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So yeah, so so yeah, I never fit. But that was, but it also then meant when I brought that all into what we do now, mostly with the things that there was a level of, I'd, I'd gotten fingernails dirty. I knew how this stuff happened, you know, I knew. So so when I'm talking to people, like someone said to me, you know, oh, you're talking to Ronan Lyons. And I'm going, yeah, but I'll put my my financial background against his economic background any day. Yeah. Let, let's go, let's dance. Yeah. And it never bothered me. And it was also, so yeah, so we, we've done all of that. So my, my story was kind of, Rory Heron, who I do Reboot Republic, always says the, the crash radicalized me. I yeah. kind of did, because in a way, I was always, my politics never fit. But when I saw the amount of people at jeopardy of losing their homes, the people that we were doing these things, code of conduct on mortgage arrears, trying to make sure people, families kept businesses, didn't lose this, didn't lose that. And yet the banks from the backside, because when, when you're a qualified financial advisor, you're supposed to give independent advice, right? You're yeah. supposed to, you walk into me, I'm supposed to tell you what's best for you. But also the bank is behind me going, we need that. We want that money back. We want that thing. And, you know, we don't care. Get that. So you're not really independent. Mm. So, so You're a bit biased. You're supposed to be because they pay you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, you're not supposed to be. Yeah, but you're legally but you're speaking. Right. You know, it's like going into a doctor and saying to saying to the doctor, I want I want treatment. And the doctor says, well, I'm actually going to go with this company because this company gives me a kickback for yeah. that, that type of medicine. Yeah. Or I could give you the generic. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that, except for it's it's the balance the balance of power is wrong. You know what I mean? It's wrong and it's still wrong in, in financial services. But nonetheless, that sort of stuff really grated on me. It really got to me, you know, going and going meeting people in their homes and, and trying to see was there ways we could cut deals and then going back and being told by people in, in higher ups going, actually, no, we still want to pursue this thing. And you're like, oh, you know, I went into, I went in, I met, like I met people in the Department of Finance and like pleaded with them, like said, like, you know, went outside, colouring outside the board, outside going, we could do this differently. We could do this, we could do that. And then, um, you know, yes, lots of regrets when it comes mm. to that type of stuff. So, come here, you grew up in Ballymun? Yeah, I grew up in Ballymun and went to school in Lays of Victories. You know, uh, Victories just opposite the church there by the Credit Union. So, down from the comp. I'm not familiar with Ah, Ballymun, so, 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 yeah. But back then, there used to be, where where does, where does now fucking feck all left for the super value is there was a swimming pool, there was, yeah. you know. And, um, but me, all the family are from town. So, um, I ended up then because it's convenient for everybody in the family, like where we, where the parents are working all, end up going to Brunner, yeah. Brunswick Street. Yeah. So so I had to go into Brunner. I went into Brunner and there was gas because they went, you walk in and the first thing that some loop-de-loop is going to say, oh, that fellow from Ballymoney thinks he's hard. Yeah. You know? you know, like, That's it. That's yeah. that's such a common thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's from a, another working class yeah, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. see who's hard. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, literally, like, within like, three days, the, the mother's in the school because I'm being suspended for yeah. fighting. You know? And it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, you don't get it. Like, I mean, there's a fucking target on me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, so, yeah, I bounced around. I went in, but so I used to go to, I used to spend a lot of time in town because that's, you know, and then we'd, when they were finished work, we'd go back to Ballymun. Yeah. And then, uh, but I'm the eldest, so there's, there's, there's younger and they, like, they, they kind of think that they were brought up in Fibsborough. 
Yeah. You know that way? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, mm. like, 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 I'm very lucky and I hope he doesn't hear this, but like my outfit is my hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, he, when I was growing up, he was raising us, well, me, because I was the only one around at the time. And uh, he used to look after his family because his dad had died quite young. And we used to do all of these things, you know, and he was working two jobs and all, all of this sort of stuff. And and um, and he kind of gave me that basis all the time. And then when, when, when you know, as I said, the rest of them, like I remember going... I went to Blackpool once. It was huge. And then I, I turned around to my sisters, go, "Where? What was your first holiday?" And they're going, "Oh, we went to Mallorca." You yeah. know, and I was like, "I don't go, ah, you had a different life to me." You yeah. know, yeah. but it but it helped shape me as well. You know. Yeah. But so you would have probably seen a lot of uh, Ireland, the landscape of Ireland changing. Yeah. Considering like where you came from and then the position that you actually got into. Yeah. So you've big huge background in finance. Yeah. As well. Oh look, I mean. Um, Claire Daly, uh, who gets in a lot of trouble at the moment for her views on Ukraine and all, came up to my house once because we would generally record in my house um, with a little office on the side. And she just, first thing she does, she walks in, comes to the kitchen, says, Do you like a tea or coffee? And she just goes, This isn't a socialist's house. You're doing far too well for yourself yeah. to be any sort of real lefty. Like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> So, is it, would it have been like, would it have been because you grew up in that kind of background and what you witnessed that is that where you think you got your uh, um, politics identity from i i always had a sense of what 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 um that something wasn't right do you mm. know what i mean that something didn't didn't make sense here that you could have um uh, like we could all I, was, I did economics as well in 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 college for and did an arts degree, you know yourself. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so I was doing that. So you didn't know what you wanted to no, do. No, I hadn't a clue. Yeah. And I ended up, and, and I felt, and I was doing, I was thought I was going to go into pharmacy because I was working in pharmacies and then doing pharmaceutical studies in, in like the, in Clashtead and Finglas and all yeah. this sort of stuff. So I was like really like trying to do all this sort of stuff and then working part-time in Doyle's and, you know, all of these, yeah. like, yeah. and then, so it was always working, always doing all of these things. And then I just kind of felt that, that, that when, that some, this, this this social contract thing is a load of not a load of bollocks. Like yeah. friends of mine who I knew are as good as anybody I knew who were in the bank, but never had any of these opportunities. You know, friends of mine, when they got on the ladder, they had to move out to Kells, beyond, and all the rest of it. They hadn't didn't get these opportunities. They were working, and it's even it's worse for your generation because you can't even do that. Like you know what I mean? You had to be, at that time. You could probably be working as. Uh, as a courier and if the other half was working or something else you could probably still get a mortgage you know yeah, now yeah. that's out of reach of most people but I was like going where are all my friends out and all, all like all the satellites around yeah. you know what I mean and like I remember when they built Applewood and Swords and uh, everybody was going out there and I'm going Jesus are we really paying that amount of money to live above and above and no offence to people in Applewood I have friends in Applewood but I just thought we were, the money we were charging even then was just astronomical so all of that kind of really I'd seen it and I'd seen it obviously in the flats. I, I remember like I remember my first bike, I swear to these lads, cycling on my first bike, going getting this, you know, get the stabilizers off. You think you're the man. So stabilizers off. There was a there was a old folks home down the end, row of houses, row of flats, you know. I said, there's a nice strip to cycle on. Fellow walks up to me, pushes me off the bike, pokes the bike under his arm and walks into the flats with it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the end of my new bike, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember it fondly now, but I'm sure I was a little bothered at the time, yeah, like, yeah. really, like, you know? So, yeah. It happened with my brother years ago. We, we, got, we got a bike years ago. We yeah. had no money, so a yeah. bike to us was yeah. like, that was fucking a big deal. Yeah. My brother gave it a shot to one of the lads. 
And he came back with about 20 minutes later. My brother was at me and saying, where's he going with the fucking bike? So he came back with about 20 minutes later. My brother gets on the thing, cycling down, goes over a ramp. The crossbar come off it. The whole thing and the back wheel come off. I don't know what he done with the bike. He must have loosened all the screws and acting oh the bollocks. One of the older lads come back and went over a ramp over the handlebars. The whole bike fell apart. <laughs> two seconds, not a tooth left that he got. Oh. But that's what happens when you give your bike to someone from yeah, the yeah. taking the bollocks. Yeah, well, there's been worse than that. I remember lads ah, giving lanes of cars and the cars coming back and then the guards calling up saying this that car that was, was involved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no shock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Told you never give anyone a shot at your bike. No. Never. <laughs> Where you going on it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, my said not let give anyone a shot. Imagine them on a little electric bikes now. That they oh, stop. <laughs> them things are bleeding deadly. Yeah. Seen some, I was waiting on the bus to come in here. Some fella pulls up on an electric bike, folds her up and goes, uh, is this bus going to town? And I was like, yeah, but like, you get in bleeding. <laughs> Much quicker than the bus. quick as me. It's all downhill. You're on yeah. an electric bike, you headcase. Yeah. There's something I want to talk about, Tony, because Shoot. I've seen it circulating, circulating? <laughs> circulating there, pal? on Twitter mm. a couple of weeks ago. And it was actually a good friend of yours that had brought up the question to uh, Paul Murphy, who was a TD. And it was about the amount of guarded deaths mm. in custody. The amount of people in, dying in guarded, guarded custody, yeah. Yeah, so it was 220 people have mm. died since 2007. That we know. Well... I think I speculating there, no? No, no, because some 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 people don't don't die in a there's different kind of categorizations. They died in guard of custody, some people might not have some people can die hours later. Yeah, but they're included in that. There's, so they they count as that as well, because mm. I looked into the numbers and as a breakdown of that. Um but like we were big advocates of what happened to Terence Wheelock. I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with that case. We've uh, we did a two part podcast special with with the person you're talking about, Vicky Conway, the late yeah. Vicky Conway. She did a, a huge special on it on Terence Wheelock. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But um, we brought her up on our last uh, live show as well. There's like mm. the, these issues are still happening today. Mm. Um, there's men being found dead in the back of caravans, and the family are not notified until mm. they seen it on the news that night. There's no procedure, there's no protocol really. It's just kind of like, oh, well, fella died there. He was arrested earlier. No one's like, hang on for a minute. You mean like you're interacting with the police force in this country and then dying mm. and then that's just being overlooked. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, uh, Got to also remember usually what sort of socioeconomic class a lot of these people come from or demographic they come from. They, they matter less in, in the eyes of much of Irish society and does, do we have to be honest about that. I mean, you mentioned Terence Wheelock. I sat in I sat with Terence's brother and sister in in the front room in the house, and you know, lovely, get a cup of tea, having a chat, and all the rest of it, and telling you great stories about you know about, about him as a young flit and going off to Bray and coming back with a stick of rock because that was going away back then. Yeah. You know all that yeah. sort of stuff, and but not, like where he was from mattered. Where, same with a lot of these cases. Like there is one specific case that I can talk about, um, and it, because we covered it. And a young man had gone out on a night in college. He'd gotten into bother with the guards. I don't, you know, I don't want to speculate whether the rights and wrongs. But they brought him in, put him in, sent him home. It's only a young fella said, "We're gonna, um, we're gonna write here. You know, you're gonna get a, a thing. We're gonna write to, to to you with your fucking um, what's the lads? I'm searching for the. Remember, you, they, they said we're gonna summon you. You know, this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I said we're gonna send you this. And he goes, so he started panicking. He goes home. Mom says, How'd you get on? He says, Oh, we stayed in fucking Terence's and Calvin's, and I was having a few drinks and, you know, didn't want them to know. Panicked that something was going to happen. Uh, walked up the field and hung himself. Um, 
And Vicky, who you mentioned there, who asked that question, that, that had Paul Murphy asked the parliamentary question, we raised that and we got, we did it, we spoke to the family, we got their permission to talk about it, we got our permission to, to cover it, we did. Um, and this will be the first and last time you'll hear me say this, Drew Harris, to his credit, reached out to the family and said, you know, we can do this better. Um, and they want to call this, I think, Niall's Law, you know, yeah. after him to change how they release people from custody and, and make sure they're in a better state of mind or at least that they're being released into the custody of someone who's able to make sure they're in a better state of mind and all these things. And again, I don't think Noel's parents would mind me saying, but he was obviously, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a young from the flats either. You know, there, there was there was, there was was at least kind of this, this background there. And that's not to say that other, you know, but there is a hierarchy, unfortunately, and we have to, like people listen to this, your audience know this, they just maybe don't, see it as much because it's very hard when you're when you're busy to look up when you're just trying to keep the wolf from the door it's very hard to look up and say actually where what's going on here but that's why that question that vicky had paul ask was really important because that's that's still 200 lives you know 220 yeah but, but like 200 like 220 i put it to you that it'd be easier to get the statistics on um how many people are arrested that are from a certain socioeconomic area or mm. from a certain, um, you know, what's their what's their race and ethnicity? Oh, we're big on that at the moment. Like, they tell you more people... Like, in the homeless figures when they come out now, they tell you first um, the, the number of adults and then they tell you they're EU or non-EU. Mm. Then they tell you the, the, on page seven. So on page three, you get two and three, you get all that. All the way down to page seven before, before you find out how many kids are homeless. Mm. Tell me why we have to foreground people's race and ethnicity before we talk about 3,000 3, children. There's a lot of problems that how we deliver things and how we, how we parse them and how we actually talk about them. And I just think, you know... Uh, like that's why again, it's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys because like you know that you you you've got the, I'm too I'm too out of touch lads. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you have you know it from because it's 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 what you it's what your lived experience is. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we don't want to come across as like guard bashers no. on the podcast. But when I seen that, I was like, whoa, because I was shook by it. I was like. 220 people have What's interacted with from Garda. what year is that? Oh seven. Oh seven. So fifteen years. Yeah. So, like, you're averaging over 10 people a year yeah, at dying yeah. in Garda custody mm. or interacting with Garda. Mm. I have a breakdown of it, and it tells no, you no, yeah. the categories of how uh, they're dying now. I got it. In some cases, um, like, it is, like, it does depend on case by case. Like, there is cases of the Garda interacting with someone who was armed, and they yeah. were shot. So, I get that. Um, like, it's not just... Oh. George and Kensho, many will tell you, didn't have to die. Yeah, and I, I, I get believe, that. I believe George and Kensho didn't have to die. Mm. That's I firmly believe that. Yet we... We were within hours of what happened to George and Ken show. It was all over that he was a knife wielding, uh, a machete wielding guy who had done all these things, and he was this, that, and the other. No mention of you know his family looking for mental health support. Mm. No mention for all you know all of this sort of stuff. And we were so quick to do. Now we've got more importantly, got to talk about class in Ireland. Mm. It's really important. Yeah, well, it's a huge thing. Like where any cases like that, it's always mentioned about that previous convictions yeah, yeah. or something like that. No, no, the guard it's nearly, yeah. just justifying, it's nearly just justifying it. Yeah. Mm. So I'll give you a little breakdown, right? Yeah. So it goes from 07 to 2021, actually. It doesn't include this year. All right. So in 2007, there was... And we know there was two at the start of the year anyways as well. Yeah. The, Curry, the fella from Curry and... And Limerick, I think, was Limerick, the other one. I think, as yeah. well, yeah. So in 2020, there was 20, right? In 2021, there was 34. It's actually, the number is 228 in total. Mm. So not just two. So that's obviously rising because obviously the previous years can't be all that amount. What's um 
I don't want to go into every single year, right? But the lowest was there was seven and twenty-seven then, and then the highest was thirty-four last year. Yeah. And then it categorizes them down. So it's debts following guard of contact is nine. Debts in guard of custody has an asterisk beside it is six. And the asterisk is debts in guard of custody includes a person who was subs- who subsequently passed away in hospital. Mm. So I would imagine Terence Wheelock would fall into that category. Yeah, he would, yeah. Uh, debts following release from guard of custody is five. Uh, debts, road traffic collision, uh, pursuit. So, mm. you know, we often hear like someone under guard of pursuit, they lose control of the car and crash. Um, that's five as well. Then debts, road traffic collision and other. Don't understand what that means, but it's two. Debts during restraint on arrest is one. Uh, debts, other. It says, I don't know what that is. Mm. And it's six. So I'd like them to break that down. That says total in 34. So this is just last year's one. That's staggering, isn't it? Yeah, so this is just last year alone. That them debts there, yeah, mm. total thirty four. That's just last year, and like I mean, and and again, when no one like the guards have a hard job. Of course they do. No one. They've won the hardest jobs out there. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's no doubt about it, and and it's just. But when we talk about these things, we need to be able to have that like have that conversation about you know why is it happening? And how do we stop it happening? How exactly. do we minimize it? How do you actually? How do we reform it? And that again, going back to how great a loss Vicky was. She was doing a thing in September um, on the reform of the Guardi. Like, Drew Harris's statement, actually, after she after she died, more or less said, and she was a pain in the arse to them. You know what I mean? Mm. Which was great. Mm. That's who she was. Whereas uh, uh, um, I, Helen McEntee made it was if she was a great friend of, of the Guardi, she wasn't. She mm. was never a great friend. She, 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 she butted heads with them all the time. But like, you know, we've seen all of this. So, but how do you how do you how do you make give people the language give people the ability to to talk to them how do you how do we start that because you talk about community garden community policing and co- you know uh, cooperative police and all these sort of things a lot of it a lot of it goes out the window after you know um, after the brochure yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like it starts with a brochure and then it comes down to lads like there, there are people around around from from Griffith Avenue down who never are in fear of the Gardaí. There are people from the top of Ballymun Road up who don't want to see the Gardaí, mm. you know? Like, mm. why is that? Definitely, these areas, they're over-policed but underfunded. Yeah. yeah. I think the Garda, they, the Garda themselves need more training. So the second you send in, you, you step into Templemore, they need more training with psychology. They need to be more, uh, to deal with empathy as well. Mm. Like, I think every arrest would be kind of, they should put more of a human twist to it. Like, right, let's step in here. Does somebody need to be arrested for all? So if you like, they come straight in, they grab someone handcuffed in if the back you, of a car with start drill later. It's the old phrase, you know. If you're if you're a hammer, all you're going to see is nails. Mm. So you know, quite, you see this all the time. Like you, they talk about trauma informed design now and how. So, so, but most of the time, some of these people they don't need a guard knocking on the door. They need a social worker. Yeah. They need they need a, a counselor. They need all of these services. But unfortunately, when you when you when you call for a guard, you're going to get generally a guard you know what I mean it's and and that's their that that so there's there's a whole we have to broaden that out as well yeah into, into I just we, think there's a problem with the whole establishment and the system but like the yeah. system as it is is designed I think is to really is to discriminate I think that as I said we are over policed a lot of people would think guys are just being paranoid no. just where you're from I, like, I still I still fear the guard I'm 20 years of age no convictions no criminal record have a respectable job I keep my nose clean, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. I see the police, I get it free. Mm. Shouldn't live like that. No. So 117 guard are currently suspended. Yeah, the, the you know huge I mean? numbers. Suspended? 
For what? 110, isn't it? 17. 110 suspended. 17 are suspended for sexual assault and 17 are suspended for general assault. And, and, yeah. and, and, and Mr. Moody allowed to, well, allegedly allowed to resign rather than being sacked. Yeah, see what that's another, another one. So he was kind of Hmm. Give him, let let him jump before we push him. Hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the whole thing, it just it just thinks of corruption. I mean, the whole you, organization. If you guys did something in here t- t- today, and you said you something chopped. Good luck. Yeah, that'd be the gone. End. Yeah. First thing in the morning, hmm. and it's the same. It's like there's someone suspended since 2014. 2014, Isabella suspended eight years, and then there's two suspended since 2016. Hmm. So that means they're still getting paid. Hmm. They're currently members of a Gardaí economy who are just not serving. The whole thing just reeks. It's abuse of power. The whole organisation needs to be really looked into from top to bottom. Uh, GSOC itself, I have no confidence in GSOC at all. We need an independent commission who handles every guy that claim. I, I could tell you a funny one about GSOC. So, so one that one that was it was really interesting to me. One of the things that they said wanted to, they put forward the police and authority meets. They 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 all talk about what the issues are. They meet people in communities. Meet and said one of the issues people have with GSOC is obviously. The name for a start, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Shouldn't be. If you're going to be an independent thing, you should be seen to be external from exactly. Thing. Do you know? Like who? Who's bright idea was that the name of that to start with? Yeah, but well, that's but, what it is, though. It's yeah, but, but that's yeah. but. It was the first thing pushed back by the police and uh, by by from Drew Harris and said, "No, we're not changing it." It was no, that, like literally, you're not getting this simple thing, a simple request to say, "Let's actually have a rebranding that it, so the public don't think we're all in step together." And they were told no. Uh, and I remember because I was talking to Vicky about it and she was like, oh, not, didn't even get a win on that. Yeah. Like, you know, like a rename. Like, you know, like a, I didn't actually change policy. I asked you to rebrand. Yeah. Didn't even get that win. Yeah. But it's a stupid... Yeah. I see that G-Sock thing, like that whole... Have you ever dealt with them? Yeah. Like if anyone out there who's never dealt with them, you put a complaint in, they get back to you, they yeah, don't yeah. give a statement then and you're sitting with another guard. Mm. And he's investigating. So the guard that inspects the guard. That is what it is. I dealt with him, Tony, and I had a cop sitting in front of me say, and stopped halfway through the statement and said, right now, like I was halfway through, he said, right now I can tell you this guard is in the wrong for this, this, that, and the other. And I was like, lovely, rubbing yeah, hands yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get it. Yeah. Didn't though. Two weeks later, I got a letter on and said, we're not taking this any further. Yep. Oh, so how can a couple say I know this is wrong I know already this is wrong and yeah. then say no it's not I've been down I've dealt with them and I've dealt with them on obviously on the podcast as well because we when we did when we started doing police they didn't like it hmm. you know they, they were on at me saying would you not have one of us on to give that perspective and I went why would we? You have RTE for that. <laughs> like, why would we? You know, you can do that on a, you can go on News Talk tomorrow and probably get, you can give your perspective in the morning. We just want to talk about from the person who experienced policing. You know, we spot, we spot, we started with Maho Rivas, a, a young Uruguayan migrant, migrant into Cork and how, you know, she was uh, verbally abused but was afraid to go to the guards because then they turn around, can we see your papers? What, mm, what's yeah. your what's your status like? What's this? And you're going, and they were like going, well, and all of a sudden I'm getting emails from the, the guard at the press office going, you know, well, we'd like the right to reply. And I'm going, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get that. But what are they going to go on and justify? Oh, yeah. Like, like they're going to try and go on to that and mm. obviously make themselves look good and justify what you're saying and stuff. But I don't see how they can justify it. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't invalidate Maho's lived experience. No, it she, doesn't. Exactly. So these are just different like, lifting. Yeah, elevator. Yeah. Elevates her experience, what, yeah. what we're talking about. So. But we'd love to have a couple on this. We've said we, this we've, we've we'd, said love that. That. we'd love to have that opportunity that you, you got there and said no to. We'd, yeah, we'd bring them on and said, we'd all extend the invitation. Come on mm. in. 
Yeah. Take a seat here. You, you, you'll get someone from the the the, the press office, and like they they they're all they're all pros at a lot of this stuff. Like they are all pros. Like I mean, there's a reason why. Like, and I'd be killed because like I, Mick O'Till, crime correspondent. I know Mick does great work in the rest of but they also know how the the hierarchy works and how mm. they operate, and they know the levers how they've been pulled, and sometimes they know they might you know this is the information you're receiving is because they'd like that information to mm. to make its way into the public domain, like you know, like, but we're supposed to sit here and forget that what was it like. 11 of 15 phones that were given to Noreen O'Sullivan, the former commissioner, went missing during mm, the, during the, invest, during yeah. the investigation from Morris McCabe. And, you know, you're like, like and then and then we were all supposed to believe them when, it was, when they stood up and said, totally exonerated. No, you weren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, you weren't. But, like, but we just, uh, that's why when you said, take it all down, it's not just... It's not just the guards. There's a huge issue with so much of how the 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 corporate structures, the the political structures, and all the rest of it. Like we I don't pretend. I don't usually like or words. Like like or words mean you know going backwards, recover, return, re, 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 regress. Yes, and I like so because there's this huge thing. You know, we're coming out of the pandemic. We need to return back to the good old days. And I'm going. A lot of people didn't have any fucking good old days, pals. Yeah. You know, we need to actually do better. And when we see stuff like that, when they talk about reform in something institution, say like the guards, and I'm not picking on them, I don't want to talk about reform. I want to talk about doing things better. I want to yeah. talk about and like that's the challenge I've been left by. Vicky's death because because I've been in touch with former colleagues of hers who want to pick up the cudgel and say we're gonna we're gonna actually do this on 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 different way. Police will live forever as its own thing, but we will continue to do it in a different in a different guise, whatever that way. We'll and we'll we'll address it, but we certainly aren't backing away from it. And yeah. um, if there are any guards listening to that, there's oh, a better news for you, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be coming back to it, you know. Yeah, but we'd love the idea of having a, a guard on. But to be honest with you, I don't see where the win is in it sometimes when I think about it because we've been talking about this for over a year now and mm. I don't see how we win there. Like, I think if you put it to a guard, even a retired guard, and say, look, there's a class issue, mm. I think that might be denied, even though there's facts there to show that there's more people arrested in the inner city than this place and that place. But Did you guys see the thing on, um, on them wanting to put drones to stop people um, dumping? Yeah. You know what that is, don't yeah. you? That's monitoring working class communities. Well, I know, right, I know firsthand that with the COVID rules, so mm. remember they were allowed to pull people in and say, where are you going because of mm. COVID? Yeah. That that was just a ploy mm. for them to be able to stop anybody. And I've heard that firsthand from a guard mm. has said that to me. We were allowed to stop anybody and it was great. But if they get if they get drones, the drones will be in working class communities. You won't see a drone in Dockey. No. Um, like the drones will be in working class communities. And the drone's job is supposed to be monitoring dumping. their illegal dumping. Yeah. It, the, the remit of the drone itself will be going, well, actually, guards can access this. Because here's the other thing that they don't talk about. You talk about all those deaths. The guardie can access so the guardie only allowed let's what's um, that awful case that 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 bastard? Who murdered the woman? Who, but he's is the phone data has been judged. Um, um, Elaine O'Hara, yes, uh, is the woman, and his name is I can't remember the fucking the architect name. monster. And do you know what? We're yeah. probably better off not saying his name because yeah. you don't even give him the, the thing. But but one of the things that's interesting about the 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 situation around that is the 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 data that the the guards access. They're not they're so if they thought you were up to something. They can access your, um, if you're using a Leap card, they can access all these things. You can track you. you can, they can ask um, phone records. But only for two reasons. Were you an imminent threat or were you involved in a terrorist network, right? That's what it is. Because you and I are supposed to be allowed to have a private life. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why 
that whole case was shown to be that all that data was dismissed because the European Court of Justice said you can't do this. Yeah, you can't do this. Now, you know that now man. Those grounds for a retrial now. That man's it? a monster. Yeah, but you still have to bloody do. You have to play within the rules because you know it's. Anyway, so yeah, that's things like that really piss me off. Mm. And uh, one of the one of the reasons we continue to do what we do was to try and say to people, listen, the facts are there, but we just kind of in Ireland we get on to the next thing. Yeah. Bows are playing tomorrow evening, grand. Yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's let's watch that bows. Mm. I'm completely on your side. There is like, where do we where do you get the win? And I, it's not one of them like oh, I'd love to have a cup of them and just grill them over. Yeah, it's a good. constructive conversation mm. we want. But to have. again, I want to know why you do this? Mm. Why are you told to do this? Where's the command coming from? And then if it is a press officer, what's the point? Because you're going to get a generic answer yeah, off them exactly. anyways. And the other thing you guys need to be wary of is given that, because you've agency, you've got, you've got, people, you matter, your voices matter. As the authenticity of what you do, the integrity of what you do matters. And then if you're seen to be standing too close to people in these sort of things, you can almost make it, a, 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 it's, it's a difficult one to walk. You know, I remember getting, Dogs abuse the first time we had someone from Fine Gael on the podcast. Mm. Like dogs abuse. And mm. like um, I just thought to myself, going, that's I have to talk to people. Yeah. Like you think in term are you trying to say in terms of the people who listen, sort of looking and going, Oh, they're talking to a copper? Yeah, they, they, but no, not mm. not even that they're talking to a copper. It's the whole kind of thing of going, does that and does other people's lived experience of that of a policeman might be really bad. Yeah, like they may have had it, and then they go, "Oh, lads, lads, don't, don't make, don't, don't invalidate me." You know what I mean? And don't. Yeah, I don't try and play it where. Yeah, exactly. The fact yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. like, I see it too often where, you know, too many like lads um, who are people. Like, it's the, we have to we have to have conversations. We have to keep talking, but we but we also can. It's all right to actually. What I like to say, it's all right to have conflict with a small C. Mm. All good. You don't have to be shouting at each other. Like I remember the first time we interviewed Dara O'Brien, he was then um Finna Falls spokesperson for housing before he was Minister for Housing. We had to be separated in the room. We had to go outside and, and all the rest and we had to reset and do it again. Now I you know, I, I could probably text Dara now and say, Listen, uh, if you're in the area, come on, we grab a coffee and you probably would grab a coffee, you know. Mm. But we still would be Baiting into when you're yeah. in 15 minutes, but like, but I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want people thinking that, um, that you know, I'm all of a sudden saying, actually, I, I approve of his housing policies. I wouldn't yeah. want that. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think the people with us as well sort of understand and know what we're getting at when we're associating with certain people or anything like that. I think the people know what's going down, like, like, but even even in terms of just talking about the guard here, mm. like that goes down now as guard of passion. Mm. And like we've been getting, well, I don't know as much of you, but I've been getting like a really hard time yeah. on the guard of the last couple of months. Like it doesn't bother me though, but it's like very childish. Well, stuff. I think it was your turn because I got it the months previous. Yeah, to that. I remember that. <laughs> remember we we talked about. It, I was saying I haven't been nicked in, in, in however long, and I haven't had any interactions. And it was like from then I switched. Yeah. you were at the beginning into a bit of trouble, and then now it's it's like. And, like again, I want to stress, and you guys will agree with me. It's an awful job. It's a hard job. Of course, there is, and, and that's why I think they need more training. And, and it's an essential. Uh, like whether whether you believe, you know, there's 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 groups in Ireland that are much smaller than they are in, in the US. And, you know, and how we kind of do carceral justice and how we kind of try to move beyond that sort sort of model. But we're nowhere near that. No. So right now we need to. This is this is the model, and I don't like the idea of reform. I I just want to think the idea of improving, fixing. Yeah. Yeah, this, I just think. You know, I, I hate the idea. As I said, don't like them R words. Yeah, the, the whole thing, the only reason why we talk about this is to try and get progression, to try mm. and bleed. And 
move on from these things, but it goes down. Like the guard don't want to take constructive criticism off two youngsters from the flats. Yeah. Mm. Do you get me? They and there is guard listening that and there's some we've had some very good interactions with them. But the bad interactions we're having, they're obviously listening going, who's these two little fields think they are trying to tell us how they're to on do the our back job? Foot. They're on the back they're on the back foot. What do you mean instead of doing the right job? Caution at the end of the right job. Yeah, instead of listening and going, two youngsters who are from a working class area, an area of poverty, this and wherever you want to call it, mm. are from these areas who have lived these experiences, getting these hard times. Instead of listening to it and sort of going, like, I don't know, like why do they feel that way? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't it's it's not a thing. I say I remember saying it years last year on the podcast. It's not a thing of like hating the guard to hate them to be killed to be one of the boys. We hate the guard. It's not one of them things. It's one of them things where you're literally just talking about a lived experience and trying to understand why do we get treated that way. But even before the podcast, but now it's a bit worse as well. But even before the podcast, you'd be walking down the road, you get pulled in, just trying to stop putting your heads above the parapet. That's but that's where it is. So you get me? Huh? So be it. Oh, I know. I listen, but trust yeah. me. I look. I get solicitor's letters now on every fucking fortnight at this stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Well, listen, like, it comes with it. Like, yeah. as you said, it doesn't bother us. It definitely doesn't bother me. Like, mm. they're trying to be smart, they're trying to do things that bother me. Like, they, they, I don't give them a reaction anyways. Mm. But I'm saying, like, it, it actually doesn't bother me. What, I can't come onto a platform now and talk about certain things because I'm afraid now in case a copper wants to pull up and say something. Yeah. Fuck them. Like, shouldn't they be, this is what I'm saying, like, we... You can still live in that fair if you see someone in uniform, do you know what I mean? Well, ideal. My heart, my heart definitely. Look, I'm not saying I live you know, in fair, but you know, there's, there's a... You should get the... What's his name? Uh, he works in James's he's a PhD, but he did, he did this thing about... And this is going to scare you. So so that stress, that stress and anxiety and all the rest of it, it actually can reduce your life expectancy because you're living in a heightened state of anxiety mm, mm. and uh, the telomere in your cells, you know what I mean? You can, you yeah. can, get, you can get stressed and all. Uh, Rod, uh, fucking, I'll, 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 you know what, lads? I'll send you the message because the man is great, but he's, he's only a young fella. And uh, do you know the crew up in James that work with the, the people on the streets and all the rest of it? They'll tell you, this guy's a genius, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just brilliant when it comes to understanding how what, what those impacts that, that coming up hard have because we, cause we have these fancy things we say aces adverse yeah. childhood experiences you know mm. and he's going well actually your cells are getting fucked you know you see a guard a car and you start to stress even if you don't want to stress your, st- your heart is doing something and that's not great for you you know all of these things and we need to start actually being able to turn that around and say to say how do we move beyond this mm. and the funny thing is it gets even worse because they broaden it out and they go actually this uh, lad will go well it's not a racist bone in my body so why is your heart doing that thing when you have to see that person of colour all of a sudden yeah. hey, you know but you know what's funny you're saying that though like when you see a guard a car your heart rate yeah, yeah. the opposite should happen you should feel more yeah, yeah 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 yeah. just feel safer you, but you don't you know, what I mean? and, and it's weird because I say this to you all the time. Times I'm 28 years of age. I shouldn't live in fear of seeing another grown man mm. because a grown man, you have an altercation. Yet you have an altercation. I'm not saying I'm an animal or a bat or anyone or whatever. But if a fella in the uniform stops me and puts his hand on me and says you're not going anywhere, I actually can't go. I'm not allowed to live. Mm. And he can legally arrest me. Now nothing might come of it. There'll be no case. There'll be no like for a prosecution or whatever. But I'll still be put. Handcuffed, put in the car. It's that unnecessary hassle. Yeah, so I'm still detained. Yeah, at that time I got, I got arrested for being outside my five k. It was five hundred meters from my gaff. Mm. I was put into a cell, handcuffed. I put into handcuffed, put into a car and brought into a cell. And then I'm like, there's nothing I can do about this. Mm. Like absolutely nothing I can yeah, do about this. Powerless, yeah. Which is ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? What were you going to say? Sorry, I cut across you. I can't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, something about what you were saying, like, when your heart skips a beat in the yeah. that. And what I was going to say is, like, it's not like as if you only see a guard a car once a day no, either around no. town. 
you're seeing a guy the car every 15, 20 minutes and you're seeing coppers walking up and down, so you're hard to sort of go, is this cunt going to say something? Is this one? Oh, you bastard. And you feel guilty so, and you're like, I didn't even do one. Why does that happen? Yeah. Why do we drive oh, and like, what the fuck? Did, oh, yeah. <laughs> Checking the minute. Just look straight. Hold the Make sure you have tax insurance and date, lads. Oh, that's it. I'm making sure everything is in order. We won't leave the yeah. gap unless everything is in order. You won't get caught slipping, No, like. that's it. Well, you can't give them a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've often get caught and then you do drugs tests and all, and they're like, I was like, oh, don't do drugs, car, don't even drink. And they're like, right. And then you're sitting there for eight minutes waiting on the results, and you come <laughs> back and be like, oh, no, you. It's actually uh, came back negative, and I was like, "Yeah, of course it is." I told you that, but you didn't believe me. Mm. Here we are. Uh, I don't want to get hung up on that. Yeah, too much. yeah. you mentioned Dara O'Brien and mm. housing and his policies. You went viral there a couple of months ago, Tony, because you, oh, yeah. because you caused more of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. Look. I mean. Well. First of all, uh, that was kind of funny because when you think about it, I I didn't want to go. I kept saying no. Um. The producer asked me, "Will you Will you come in?" I said. No. Can you just give a bit of context of it? So, so yeah, so I was asked um, I was asked to come in and do the, the Clareborne special on Sinn Féin. And they wanted it. So this was kind of, people said it was being set up as a hatchet job to, you know, say, big bad Sinn Féin. And I got a phone call and I got a good, had a good laugh because someone rang me and I said, um, I said, you, you, you're, you don't know who you got here, do you? And they said, what do you mean? I said, you think you're going to have someone here who's going to maybe be pro Sinn Féin? I said, I'm not. I'm pro left and my left leaning values that's who I am I said mm. I don't know what, what anything about that and he went so they do this thing in RT where then they ring you and then they interview you again before they interview you you know mm. so they do this thing and um, and I'd been given a tip and the, one of the tip was basically don't answer what they ask you <laughs> you know don't don't don't, uh, don't play ball so I was sitting there and I knew I went into the room I knew everybody in the room basically uh, on the on the panel. Like I, I'd interviewed Matt Carty, Martin Beans Ward was there, Martin, Big Hug, uh, Aidan Regan from uh, UCD. No, Aidan interviewed him. How, like they've all been on the Echo Chamber pod, you know. Uh, Alison O'Connor, uh, if you listen, Alison, she turned away and didn't even look at me, which was really funny, you know. So you can like the body language was priceless. So they went in and and, um, and I'm sitting there and this this shit show was going on. Eddie Hobbs was going on about you know. The price is if you have two cows and they take the cow and I was like, oh God. And I was just getting more and more annoyed. So I just decided, actually, I'm not waiting. So uh I I literally and what the funny, the worst part was the producer who'd invited me was unwell. So he wasn't there. Yeah. And uh I just shouted out. I said, I said, fuck it, I'm, I'm going in. And Martin Ward <laughs> sitting across me and he just broke into this big smile. And they didn't, because they were supposed to put up on, on the ticker tape, Tony Groves, tortoiseshack.ie. Yeah. They didn't even have my name because they did, I wasn't, didn't know, yeah. I was supposed to wait until Claire goes, Tony, you know, this kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and I just said, fuck it, I'm going. So like famously, Claire goes, Tony, it is Tony, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, 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 after, up, after yeah. I'd gone, boom, boom, yeah. boom. And I thought to myself, 20 seconds each, and I know this sounds really horrible, but you, when you're in that sort of mentality, I know it's, it's against, don't like the militaristic language, but like headshot, 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 hit them all. Yeah. Just get them as quickly as you can because you're only going to get one, one run at it. So I just went bang, 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 bang. And uh, I just went, I said, Jesus, I'm never getting back in here again, lads. Never getting back in here again. So as soon as I finish, Aiden Regan comes over and he goes, man, you know, like <laughs> Mark Ward giving a big hug. He goes, Jesus, Tony. I said, and then uh, next morning, the producer rings me and says, I says, Tommy, that was that was unbelievable. He says, but the problem was, he said, he said, I, I, I was like, who's that guy shouting? Like, get the camera on that guy who was shouting. And like, yeah, so it went for it, but it went for it because, as I said to someone else, was I actually any good or were they all just fucking useless? 
Mm. I'd say they were useless because they give all this like yeah. jargon and that like the, like the facts are there. Mm. The evidence is there. Like, mm. Literally just look out your window. The mm. evidence is there. Yeah. And then like you turn on the telly and they try and sugarcoat and be mm. like, no, what you're seeing isn't real out we're, there. We're and you're like, what world are you living in? We're creating jobs. She said, yeah. and I said, what jobs? I said, we've the highest number of working poor and, and you know, like the 25% of um, people in rough sleeping accommodation today. I was talking to people from Mendicity this morning about something we're going to help them with. They were saying 25% of people they, they serve in their cafes now are going to get them going to work. Like they shouldn't be sleeping in tents and going to work. That should no. not be happening. No. No, like that's just so they're telling you where we're creating jobs. Fuck off with that. Like, you know, you're creating working poor. And there's a huge just transparent, there's a huge, huge issue there. So when I knowing what I knew, yeah, and that was that was what was funny, because I've like like I've done over a thousand podcasts, lad. Mm. Like you haven't taken it. Do you actually know? Uh, who you've it was like you've taken you've shut the bottle taken the cork off and asked me to talk get out of the way I'm gonna go off yeah. and um, and actually because I thought so yeah so it was I'm delighted that I did it because I was really didn't want to do it but it, it totally blew up the first of all the concept of that show this yeah. whole Sinn Féin show it all went out the window and it became then you know what are we talking about here about our values do we believe in actually giving people a leg up and helping people you know Leveling the play, playing field, do we believe it? Like, your man, the, the developer, cracked me up with this. You know, we need more subsidies. We need more yeah. of this. And I think I turned around and said, you're the most subsidized people in Europe. Yeah. And he turned to me and goes, well, Sinn Féin. And I, and then you were like, what? who said Sinn Féin? Yeah, I never yeah. said Sinn Féin. Yeah. And he just went, and I just went, no, you're gone as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but, but that was, but that's, you get your reps. You've, this is episode 85. You get your reps. You know what you're doing. You're gonna. You know what I mean. It's like it's 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 like yeah. And and you gotta go. You gotta keep it sharp. You gotta keep it succinct. You gotta go. Like I, did you, they brought me back in and put me on the on the panel, and it was so funny because this poor Finnegale senator was to sit opposite me and debate about the new Darrell O'Brien's new um, help the boys games and all the rest of it. And I was sitting there like this, and this is um, he walks in, he sits down, I said, "Hey, you doing? I said, Do you know who I am?" And he goes, "No." I said, do you think I'm just some podcaster? He goes, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to get in trouble now. What I said, I said, I said, you know what you are? He goes, well, you're tonight's victim. And I laughed, right? And he goes, he goes, really? And I said, I'm only, ah, listen, I'm only having a laugh. And he sat down and he started scribbling notes and his pen wasn't working. Yeah, <laughs> fuming. So I took out another pen and I said, um, I said, here, I've got, a, I've got a spare pen. And he goes, oh, th thanks. And then he goes, and then he looks at the pen and he goes, you're not trying to give me something, are you? I said, I am. I said, that's an analyphy pen for uh, drug, uh, the, the drug services and because I believe in decrim and I think you should believe in decrim. And he was like, <laughs> he was looking up. Can you help me? I said, everything I do was political. Do you know what I mean? Everything was driven. And we, we great crack, enjoyed it, finished up, went to sit your man. He says, I said, where are you going? He says, oh, I'm staying in Buswell. I said, I'll give you a lift into town. Yeah. You know, we're having, having, having a chat and others sitting. I'm just thinking to myself going, like, this is mad because these lads are earning 90 grand a year and they mm. don't know, they don't know beyond their talking points. They've been given, here's six things you have to say. Here's your bullet points. Here's your, and if you can talk down the clock or you can attack like your man, the, like there was one really great moment where I said something and I, he just was angry and he just turned around and he goes, he goes, Claire, we have to be honest with your listeners. And I just went, viewers. And Claire Bourne burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh Jesus, God love him now because he's just he's totally thrown him now. Yeah. The mouthful, yeah, probably. yeah, like, like, just a, but a simple thing like that. Yeah. I just thought to myself, going like, yeah. So that's why, like, that's what I said when you're doing that sort of stuff. I never wanted to do any of that stuff. Never. Like, let Rory Heron do all the media. Let Martin does unbelievable work on bogus self-employment. Like, like the, he was in the Sunday Independent again this weekend. You know. 
there's a lot of activism in what we do. Mm. Like, there's a lot of activism. Um, like, you know, so so when we do the activism, like, it's it's it has to be, you have to actually sit back and say, will that make a difference? And sometimes I have to admit to myself that doing things like Clareborn will make a difference because maybe there's maybe some people are going to hear that and go, that's the first time I actually knew that 41% of households are dependent on social transfers to be lifted out of risk of poverty. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, I thought I was, I thought I was unique because a lot of people don't like, they feel the shame. They don't want to tell people that actually if it wasn't for the children's allowance this month, I probably wouldn't have had struggling. Yeah. They don't want to talk to ourselves about that. So when you say it out loud, it's like, actually, I'm nearly 41% of households. That's nearly a majority. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we're, 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 there's, there's enough of us to change everything. Yeah, we that's need... what I'm saying. Like, you're looking at your window and you're seeing all this yeah. stuff, but on the telly, it's telling you no, which I've seen is not what you think Don't, it is. Ignore the evidence of your own eyes. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying. So a lot of people will probably be like, oh, maybe I am an exemption here. Hmm. I'm the basket case. And then you come on and you say, no, there's 41% of people just like you. And you're like, oh, wait, hang on for a minute. I'm going to hmm. stand up now. Yeah. You know, see all them politicians as well. Hmm. Like, they're just the face of the department at the back end. So like the Department of Health and the yeah. Department of Finance and all. Like None of them even know what they're doing. They're just back and they have advisors and teams and stuff, and stuff like this. They're just like the front man overall. They've less power than you think. Yeah, exactly. They've less, a lot less power. Like they, I've, I've dealt with ministers, ministers, when I've said, look, this thing's about to happen. I've given them a heads up on things and I've said, look, this thing is going to happen. If you, if you can help this person out on X thing, you know, it'd be a great, it'd be a great thing to do. And they've gone off and the people in the, 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 the senior civil service went, no, we don't do that. Do you know what I mean? You know, you're like, oh, I'm the minister. Yeah, so what? There'll be another minister along in a couple of years. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, it makes no sense. Like, your minister for health mm. should have like a medical background. Mm. Like, a minister for education should have like a kind of teaching background or something like that. But like, you'd see them chop and change. They're just thrown in government. different fields. Literally, like, the minister for education could be the minister for finance next year. Yeah. Or whenever there's the next election. You know what I mean? They're con- yeah. constantly just. Like, Leo Varadkar was what? Like, four different. He's gone through them all. Yeah, he was, he, he, he's failed upwards every time. Every he time. failed in health and transport and, and he just kept failing upwards. Yeah. And now he's going to be a T shock again uh, in, in December. But, like, I mean, that's. I remember meeting with. Before he became leader, I met with. Uh, I was having a cup of coffee with. Uh, a former <laughs> minister who said to me, yeah, uh, because it was going to be come between him and Coveney and all the rest of it. And they said, this Leo looks great on a poster. <laughs> I thought to myself, there's the standard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's the standard. Looks great it's on a poster. And he does look great in a poster. Like he's, he's like, I would love to tell you, I think he's, a, he'd be like, imagine how proud we, we should have, uh, you know, the son of an immigrant, um, uh, an out, outwardly gay man, you know, all this, we should be so proud, but it just he launches campaign on welfare cheats cheat us all. Yeah. No, sorry. No, you don't get a pass. No, fuck off with that class. I'm, I'm shit. a building in Ireland that rewards people for who get up in there in the morning. morning. Yeah. Fuck you. The carers are up all hours of the night. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, like stop. That's with, not the real world, though. No, like, just live in the real world. None of them do. But really, though, that's our touch. Yeah. That's all the thing. That's, that's a lead. So our touch that you're like, how could you say that and think that that was alright to say? Like, well, you only have to look at some of the things they've like. That, like, I mean, they've they've said so many things that, like, um, uh, over the last number of years, where it shows how it would touch. Like, like a really, a really simple one was this last week. I think it was. Yeah, Leo Varadkar went on tonight Virgin Media, and it sounds like I'm picking on him, but I'm not. But it's just it's so relevant because it's so recent. And he said, "I won't ever apologise for standing up for uh, working people." Right? Never. Oh, there's the Finnegal clipped it, put it, it was a soundbite yeah. and all the rest of it. And I went. The EU directive said we want um, we want a living wage and collective bargaining in EU countries. 
there was five or six countries that held out on that and said, no, we're not interested in introducing the living wage just yet and we don't want collective bargaining because God help workers if they could organise. Yeah. Leo Varadkar signed the letter. Yeah. And I'm going, if he'd said that in front of me, I would have said, well, how come you didn't, uh, how come you signed that letter? But he gets to say that and no one challenges. No one challenges. Yeah, yeah. And it's on, I got the sound by an elder world and it just, and, I, and people go, why do you get so angry sometimes, Tony? Go, That's why I get so angry because yeah. of a gobshite sitting in a little room at the size of a house uh, in, in, in fucking four, four kilometres up there knows that. You should know it. He was, he was being paid to know it. You yeah. know what I mean? It drives me mad. And did you see there was a tweet by Pascal Lunner who last week or the week before I bumped into somebody in the refrigerator <laughs> in Tesco. It's great to see like an, a smart person from my constituency. And yeah, like, so I, well informed. So well, uh, you want the wind up. So basically you're saying, I thought you were all stupid cunts, but you're not. Mm, you just yeah. vote for me. Well, mm. you want to be a stupid cunt to be voting for him. Yeah, he's... He's have an emergency budget, but we'll throw money around till October. The idea, like, see that, stuff like that is... Is, is funny because that's what's also really important people understand is that so he the, the his brilliant thing is branding he's known as Prudent Pascal it was like, you know, he's great and you're going where did he get that reputation our hospital's the most the children's hospital's the most expensive hospital we ever delivered the the costs are running out insane over um, you know what's happening with even Metro before we even touched it every time he we, we, goes into expenditure they just throw money at it like like yeah. hap hap a, hundred, a billion a year which his own report, two reports given to Pascal Dunn, who said, um, from the, the Irish government's economic evaluation service, it said, for every half tenancy in Dublin, the state could build two, two local authority homes. And he went, keep it on the hap. <laughs> so how is he prudent with our money? Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's not. It's, so, so even if you're sitting here and you're saying, that Tony Groves, he's a mad lefty loony. I'm also saying to you, well, look at your pocket. Because yeah. if, you, if, you, if that's what really motivates you, if what's in your yeah. pocket, don't give them another go. Because they're gonna keep on, they're gonna keep on doing that, you know. Yeah. But do you not think like that? That there, that's a great. I never knew that. Hmm. Like for what? Well, so every one person. So every for every hap tenancy. So so say someone's got a hap tenancy and say it's eight eight eighty five a month, right? Yeah. So yeah. so the hap, they factor that in because because they're gonna live there for their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a thirty five year term or whatever. So for the same cost of that factored out over the thirty five years, they own the government's own report said we could actually build on state owned land two properties. Not mad. So where, where's the pros and cons to doing The that? pros are you're lying in the landlord's pocket. The pro, yeah, that's one. The cons are you're not lying in the landlord's pocket. Yeah. The, 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 other, the other pro is, the, the other con is the state would have to get involved in building again. Mm. And they don't want it to get involved in building because they'd rather actually leave it to the market. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, it's, so they will pay, effectively, we will pay a subsidy so they don't have to do it. Like, cause this is this is decades of you know the state saying actually the private market look after everything, hmm. and now we see yeah now we see it's like you know now we see what's happening with gas prices where they're still making record I think, profits. And, I think the crowd who owns my apartment that I'm paying through the nose for yeah, yeah. is in Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know and, what I mean? And not paying and maybe paying taxes in Luxembourg. Maybe. Yeah. yeah mm. Maybe paying taxes. Mm. And like dear lad, the housing homeless numbers are going up. Mm. Housing is going down, and all they show oh we couldn't build during COVID or whatever. Well, like, we're out of COVID. You haven't, haven't, haven't built since 2011. Yeah, like, what are you talking about, like? No. And this, do you know what really annoyed me? That whole uh, concept of, oh, we can't, we can't build houses overnight. Yeah. But we'll find 500 buildings that will retrofit to make us look good in the EU to accept more refugees. Yeah, in, yeah. And, 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 and we should never play one 
part of you know we should never play refugees against homeless people. No, but I no, think that's but, what, but that's but that's, that's what, what that that's what I'm saying. It, it it's all a dog whistle. Why when you get the homeless report are they referencing how many of these people are non-EU citizens? Because they want to put you in your head that actually the, the problem might be that they're not they're from here. Yeah. yeah, they're not from here. And you're going and you're going. Well, have you ever been into the hospital here? If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have fucking exactly. standing hospitals, pricks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what like I was thinking of on the way today. I was going past a hotel, and it's a hotel that has got a lot of refugees in it. And yeah, I was yeah. thinking, like, that's like that about three years. Mm. Yeah. Like, what? Surely, if you have someone say, like, I'm going to take you in, yeah, yeah. should you not have a, like, a long term solution? Like, we're going to take them in for six months and then we're going to house them here. Yeah, and that's supposed, the plan. To be tra- supposed to be transition it's, out. Yeah. What's a long term plan? Three years they're living in a hotel they're, they're, room where you're thrown out at a certain time and these people are not allowed to walk. And the kids might be in school or whatever. So you're just left wandering the streets until you're out back in then at a certain time. And you also have a coffee as well at night then. Yeah, and you yeah. have to be back in then. Yeah. So we'll, Kids what's missing the... development goals, can't walk, can't do homework, can't can't have friends, missing out all this. And and we wonder why. Then they'll go, oh, by the way, in 10 years, did you know there's a mental health issue with a lot of these these kids who are now 17, 18? They go, no way, really? Mm. But this is the thing with the hotels, all right? So... They're using the hotels because you can't accommodate everybody. Mm. And I got it for a short term fix. Mm. It's great. It makes sense. Yeah. Already made houses, basically. Short term. Long term, though, what you're doing, you're literally paying off a hotel for a year, guaranteed business. Deal. 60, 67 and a half grand, I think the last estimate I said was to keep a family for a year in emergency accommodation. So that's hotel slash the One pubs. family, Joe One family. So that's basically one room then. Yeah, because they'll throw five people into one room. Well, no, it, 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 it's generally maybe say it's, and this is the other thing where they stigmatise it. They'll say to you, "Oh, it's a single mother with her two children," because mm. they love this. Because the, the, the one thing we do in this country really good is uh, for for generations is Jesus. Did you know women need to be penalised for having sex? Yeah, they, they can't imagine like how dare they, you know? Mm. And uh, like we've seen it, we can talk about mother and baby homes, but the new, the new, the new hubs. That's where we put them. We put we put women and children in the homeless hubs, and we say, "But isn't the ground? We have a playroom now, and a, and a ball pool, and um, and a plasma screen, and, mm. and you're wondering why." And that's that's sixty seven and a half grand a year per per family unit. So of course, a hotel owner is going to say, "Yeah, no problem. Give me that guaranteed income. Huge money, guaranteed income." What should they do? Yeah. And so, the places are in bits. Hmm? The one out in CUS was people sleeping on the floor on a mattress. Yeah. Someone went in and exposed that. The next day, it was gone. I don't know what they've done with the people now because obviously they had them there because so they had We've spoken to people in direct provision and we've had to um, use voice distorters because they're terrified that if they were identified, they'd be moved. Say they were out in, you know, the yeah, one no, on the top of Ballymun, mm. you know, the, just the back of the airport there. The yeah. metro? Yeah. Uh, you, you, no, 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 the, the, the direct provision site. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to be saying names, but they, 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 I've been in there and then they go, if I say boo, Tony, they're going to say to me, you're uh, you're going to Galway to somewhere in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. my kids are in school here or whatever. Yeah. Or, or I've just gotten... Because a lot of them are trying to re- reunite with family. You know what I mean? Like there's also... So they've been split up and all. So it's terrifying. Like And, and that, that stuff happens and we just shrug our shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we just go... But it's possible to care about everybody. It's possible to do course, right by we everybody. Should, we should. But I mean, there's no long-term solution for them. No. So how's that long-term solution for us? Yeah. When they're like, they were seen as the emergency, like, oh, yeah. these people need help, get them now. Well, if they're not even going to help them, how are they going to help us? And they're all just lying in pockets of their mates. So that hap thing to me screams, mm. let's not build a house because my mate, I know a fella who will happily take a tenant in, boom, we'll do that. It's, but it's I know a fella who owns a hotel, he'll happily take a load of refugees in, boom. Yeah, I know a fellow who's a property developer. He'll happily build a load of. Uh, he'll, he'll build houses build for to you. rent. Yeah, yeah. Not even like 
Not built a sale, built a oh, rent. Yeah. See, that built a rent wrecks me head because mm. I moved in the department, someone's like, oh, how much is this going to be? I was like, I don't know, I'll never know. They'll never let me know. Mm. I'll always just rent it. Yeah, and then we're just establishing a generation of people. Like, what happened when I'm 65? No, that's, that's the whole... Like, what am that, I going to do? That's the, that's the entire basis of the built a rent model. And I was talking to... Um, uh, economist, I don't know if you know that he's the Russian Irish economist, he used to be always on with Vincent Brown, Konstantin Gordiev, and he's now living in Denver. And we were talking about it saying it's gas because the market has started to tank in the States. So mortgages have started, the mortgage uh, applications are down for, for like six months, four months running. Asking prices have fallen, right? So the market's wobbling, yet rents continue to go up because people, big companies like the Canadian company you were referring to and all the rest of it, they want their yields. They want a guaranteed 4%. Mm -hmm. And I, and I have a video that I've posted on, on my social media several times because I was on the I was on the call, like as I said, financial background, and it was the funniest and most chilling thing you've seen. We were coming out of pandemic. There was a load of lads from these vulture funds and REITs and, and all the rest of it. And um one of the big stockbrokers was hosting it, and the guest of honor was Leo Varadkar. Mm -hmm. And they said, Have you got a message for the and Leo Varadkar's message was stick with us. And he, I always showed up. Do you remember the time Leo Varadkar told it that's stick with us? And like um, I'd say they go they go spare, but it's just like I I, I it drives me insane that like he literally looked at the on this Zoom call with all these guys, and I, I'd say the I'd say they're bullying. Like I, I if I ever want to apply for any things again, I'll have to change it, use a different name. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? But I used to get invited to all of these things, you know. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I remember seeing them going stick with us, and I'm going, oh, I'm keeping that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But like all this stuff is so blatant. It's right in front of your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just if people just actually said, you know what, I'm not having this anymore. But, and they got out and changed it, they could, Tony. Yeah, and that's where, where we need to talk solutions because people in your generation, they know the phrase you say, what is it? I don't care about politics. If you don't care about politics, politics gives a damn about you. Mm. And boy, what they mean by that, they're going to take advantage of you. 100%. So, so you need people who are listening to this to actually say, well, actually, we're going we're gonna to actually look at our options. We're going to talk about um, how we, how we organise. Maybe join CATU, you know, the, the tenants' union. Maybe, you know, throw them a couple of quid, get, get organised there. Definitely say we don't actually want any more built to rent in our in our area. You know, we, we don't want we're against that. And then you turn around and you say, Well, actually, what's happening with all the derelict houses? What are we doing with, with all the vacant houses? Like we've sixty seven thousand of them. You don't even have a proper register on 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 on, on dereliction. Do you remember the the uh, North Great George Street when the when the lads showed up, the heavies and the guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In in the van from Manchester. I, I was in there, right? Uh, we 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 recorded a podcast inside. <laughs> so myself and Rory, like in we go with the things, and, and it was just like I, I'm looking around, going, "I'm gonna get fired, and no one's gonna give me a job ever." Since I get out of here, because there'll be pictures, of, you know. But anyway, like that building's still sitting vacant. So see them all. You know what I mean? Like all those years of of us saying this should be a home, yeah. this should be for someone. And we all, the, the, the heavies came in, threw everybody out onto the street and then just said, it's actually easier. It's more, it's more profitable to leave it derelict because, you know, we're, we're banking the, the increasing property values value, and, yeah. the, and the land site value. Because then all of a sudden you can say, now I want a six story, 22 unit thing with one bathroom or one kitchen or, you know, these stupid, we're trying to a co-living, 40, 42 bedrooms and, yeah. uh, and, and, and modern day tenements. But it's yeah. a water for them to just leave that there. Yeah, like that. absolutely. Because then you can just sell it in a few years when the price goes through the roof. It, there's no, there's no maintenance in it. No, there, yeah. no, no derelict, uh, the derelict site tax was never imposed. Yeah. They need to, mm. they need to tax them through the nose. Yeah. Now, I don't mean like a little tax where you're like, no. yeah, I'll pay that 10 grand a year to leave that derelict. I mean, yeah. we're going to tax your profits. Go, so it's like, oh, bollocks. Go, have to do something. go after and say, well, what, okay, year one, we'll take 20% of the value of the property. Year two, we're taking 40. Yeah. 
mess around the year three, we're coming after. You know what I mean? And like, and, and that's it. Like, so use it or lose it. Mm. You know what I mean? You need, you need, you need, but you need that to actually happen. You need a. I politics is all well and good. But you need it. I think change comes from the bottom up. hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. That people actually realise they have a lot of power. Yeah. Like we were talking before turning the weekend actually. And it's not even about like what do you believe in what I believe in. I believe in the fact that everyone has the right to vote. Mm. Like if if election happened tomorrow and you voted for, I don't know, whatever party, party one, I vote for party two, I'm not going to fall out with him over it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We have to write for that. But the fact is I'd be proud of him because he votes. Mm. And people need to realise that when you vote, you pick who's in power. Mm. So you can't come in here and tell me, yeah, but I'm sick of him and I'm sick of him. Hang on, was he in your constituency? You, you, bought, you, you, bought, those, no. you bought those kicks and you went in and then uh, you, <clears throat> you came home and the, the, the soul broke on the first day what would you do I'll bring them back to shop yeah so the issue we have with sometimes when we vote for people is they go in and you've given them that and then straight away they go well I've actually got I've got four to five years and uh, you can't you, you can make me pay at the ballot box in four or five years there's no right of return there's no right of reply and that's where movements have to happen in between elections yeah. you have to have that 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 bit of passion, that bit of anger to say to people, actually, no, we don't need to wait until that. We actually have to demand that now. And the reason that works, and I mean it actually works, is because you see now a government that right now that are afraid of things because they're saying, you know, we're, we're, we're coming back two weeks early from our from our holidays because we're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. No, but they didn't want to do that. Yeah. And you nobody know? wants an election. No. No, you don't want exactly, an election. Exactly, yeah. They, don't they're want, ter- are going to be there now. They're terrified of an election. So they know that their their feet are to the fire. So you need, and then you got to put pressure on the opposition as well. you got yeah. you got to be turning around to them and saying, if we're getting rid of these, what you was going yeah, to do? you better, like, like you better start at changing things. Like if, if I hear, um, you know, there's all this stuff, and again, climate change is a huge issue, but it was all these things about the, the, what the Greens wanted and what the, the, the farmers wanted and all this sort of stuff all week. And uh, I, I spoke to Darren O'Rourke, um, Sinn Féin's spokesperson for, for climate action. And I know Darren, I think he's a competent, capable guy. Don't know what he'll be like if he gets in and if he came to the Minister for Environment. But he was com- comfortable enough to say, Sinn Féin don't really have a position on this at the moment. I said, well, that... If you really want to be a party of change, you need to actually. Yeah, it's not that convincing. Yeah, it? yeah, it needs to start now. Yeah, you don't get to say actually where because you know what they they were using the the policy of never interrupt your enemy while they're making a mistake. Mm. They were letting them do the infighting. But I'm sorry if if uh, if you want people to actually believe in you, you need to have an opinion on this. You need to have a view, and you need to say what what we would change it to. Mm. And they didn't <clears> want to, you know. Mm. So so this is, I maybe I'm just old and cynical. That's you know. Mm. Do you ever think about getting into politics yourself, Tony? No. Why? Why? Um, because I think actually I'm I'm an agitator. I'm a change I'm I'm much more of a like I don't I I see some good effective independents, but mm. I, I wouldn't be one of them if, if I went and in and looked to be an independent. Um and I would definitely not join a party. Yeah. I wouldn't join a party. So so I'm happy enough to be an agitator and a, a bit of an anarchist. There's there's a there's a streak of nihilism in me, all right. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's not like like I actually believe we can change things. I believe in in, in that we can have better. I really do. I wouldn't keep going if you didn't. Like getting out of bed is an act of anarchism. Some mornings, you know what I mean. Like you just gotta get up and get on with it. But um, but like when you like politics for me, um, I think I am politically active. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I am politically active now. Well, but you definitely are if you just look at your Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've spoken on Twitter. Causes more that every day. Every day, like, follow him. It's, no, but it's like that's the, and and I won't make apologies for that because mm. people have actually said to me like, you know, oh, 
you should moderate that a bit that you'd get more of this. You'd moderate mm. that. And I'm going, but if I moderated that then, I think I'd actually lose the idea of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and, and so I love the idea that 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 um that that when I sit down, I I leave here now, as I said to you earlier, and I'll text someone and I'll say, This is happening now. I want to talk to about that topic, and I'll generally get someone within 15 minutes, you know, and um and 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 we'll have that conversation, and they'll know I'll be fair and respectful, but I'll also they'll also know that they can't come and, and just give me the talking points and and say something, mm. and uh, I think it really works to a degree that you know then I hear those talking points repeated elsewhere, Do you know, what I mean? then I hear that it's changed the subject, then then it's it's like um. Like I often refer to what what we do as the as the lo, as the bottom rung mm. of the Irish media landscape. So like, and uh, I'm sure like know for a fact producers ring me going, just heard your man on the potty. You got a number for them. Yeah. You know this kind of. Yeah, yeah. And so so I love doing that, and I've, yeah. I've no problem being I've no problem living in the swamp. But the swamp is okay with me as long as I can as long as I can throw the odd uh, pick up a bit of shit every now and then and throw it at someone. You yeah. know. Um, you said that we, you can we can change it. Yeah. Hmm. How do we change? I think that again it goes back to grassroots. It goes back to actually communities um, feeling because you ever did that bullshit of like, oh, we need to empower people, right? I struggle with that because I think I think empowerment is is within you. It's within all of us. It's something that we all should want to do. But you need to give people a reason to do it, right? You need to give people something to actually to to believe in and say, you know, because I have this really basic formula. I say hope plus action equals change. Yeah. Right. So if we can give something, some of the hope for. These are the steps, the action, and that will change. Now, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win all of them, and you, and you have to admit that. You have to tell people, be honest with them. You know, we're gonna lose some of these things. We're gonna take on. We're gonna look for um, whether it's a community center, whether it's um, you know, uh, can we can we push the the slum landlord out? Can we do something about the the seventeen people in in that one house on such and such? Can we can we organize a, a union, a tenants union in this little area? All of those little things. Um, little wins absolutely change everything because it, it ripples up. It doesn't come top down. The change doesn't come top down. They only change when, when they're afraid that, that they're going to be found out. And if we don't start doing that now, um, it's going to get away from us because we're signing into deals right now as a state, like with these built-to-rent things, for 25 years. And we can't get rid of them because the state are signing deals with them for 25 years. Mm. And, and like that's like saying... You know, well, we want to change things now, but we have to actually accept that they own all of this, all of this stuff now, and we, we shouldn't have to. Like, we, we easy one for us all now is when they keep hearing this phrase "just transition," right? So they said that the farmers now, and again, there's a lot of hardworking working class farmers, and there's beef barons. There's a big difference, you know what I mean? There's there's, there's billionaire beef barons, and then there's real hardworking farmers. They're saying, well, we're going to incentivize the farmers, saying, well, if you have solar panels and if you mm. throw up this, we'll do it. Do that in your community. Do that in your community. Do that in my community. They can't just have it for one aspect because if we, if they incentivized it all for us, we'd all we'd all jump on board with climate action, wouldn't yeah. we? Mm. But the problem is now um, you can you you got you get the bus down uh, Valley Monroe Road to Griffith Avenue. The, there's a lot of Teslas there, the most expensive um, uh, driveway ornaments in in the country because there's usually a Tesla and a Volvo SUV or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They got incentives and. Okay, fair enough, whatever. But the incentives need to be to people who actually need it. So direct the money that you do have to the places that need it and make people take up the, take up that and class consciousness. 
Jesus Christ, we don't. They class a dirty word in, in, in a lot of places in Ireland. Like, I mean, Leo Radker did say, I don't recognize that. You know what I mean? When Lynn Rowan put it to him about issues of class, he said, I don't, I don't understand what you mean by that. Class consciousness. I often say there's there's a former Fine Gael TD who said, you know, who who went on about uh, being from achieving because he got out of Ballymun. And I remember saying to him, I, I achieved because I'm from Ballymun, dickhead. You know, and uh, and we don't we we, we don't like one another, uh, but nonetheless, the point the point goes that there's this kind of stigma about about that that we have we can't talk about class and we can't actually show the intersectionality of it. I hate to use all these big words, but how how it interrupts with like educational attainment uh, then and because the, all, all that comes down then is, is if you can't achieve education, you're gonna do well. You're gonna employment do f- then, yeah. And then and then we also set terrible standards like you like. Emmett Kirwan is always one of my favourite examples because Emmett, you'll go watch the TV tonight and you'll go, you'll be listening to an ad and you'll go, I think that's Emmett. Mm. You'll think that's Emmett. And, and he changes his voice and he digitises it because he has a working class Tala accent and sometimes he changes his voice. And he'll tell you because that's how they want, they want the flat Emmett. You know what I mean? And it's like, we, we, we don't like, you know, that we need to get over that shit and call that out. Like, you know, um, I... And, and I say that as someone whose whose mom used to say to him, yeah, yeah, pronounce your THs, you know, they yeah. all it was driven into me, you know what I mean? And 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 that was the that was the way. But I just we have such we've such issues, and it's not just Dublin. It's Cork, it's Galway, it's Limerick, you know, all of those um, all of those things need to be tackled. But we, it's it's a shared struggle, folks. It's a shared struggle if you if you if you if you don't see that if you don't see that your problem with struggling to pay your rent. Is the same as the person who is cycling an electric bike for Deliveroo. Is the same as the the the, the guy who was actually thinking the daughter's coming home with a voluntary contribution from the school. That's all the same struggle, but we just think we're in silos. We yeah. think you know we don't we, we we don't see that we don't join the dots, but that's all that's that actually suits the status quo then. You know, because then who's going to change it if we can't all say actually I I can share some of your board and you share some of mine and we can all we can make it better for all. Mm. A class consciousness is a big one. Like, I, but even see when we talk about class issues on this podcast, I feel like we're nearly just. I think people think we're playing the victim because mm. they can't see what we're talking about. And they think ah, they're from a working class background. They're talking, mm. and it, it's just I don't know. It's a it's a weird topic. I I hate talking about class issues on the podcast, even though we do it very frequently, because I always feel like there's someone out there saying. Or they think they had a bad oil from here, this, that, and the other. Yeah, there's all, but see, that's the myth of the self-made man. That's the lad who says, you know, I started where he started and I have two businesses or whatever yeah. it is. Fair play to you, lad. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and, and, and actually, you might have, if we, if we broaden out, maybe he got a hand up somewhere. Maybe he got something happened or, or a stroke of luck. I had a stroke of luck when I walked into one of the banks where a fella um, took a shine to me when I was... I, Literally, they, they used to have this thing where you'd call someone, you know. So in one of the banks, used to, the manager was agent, the, the, the system manager was sub-agent. And, and some of the things were real old school. And they say, good morning, agent. Good morning. And there was a fella, and again, I think he walked by, and I said, story, Baz. And he went, you, my office. And he went in, he laughed his arse off, and, and, he, and, and it gave me a, a, a kind of a clear, a clear him, yeah. pathway. You know what I mean? And yeah. stroke of luck. You know what I mean? I could have got battered I could have been sold look listen you're being transferred to somewhere else or whatever it was but these were the kind of things but those lads who who say yeah that that are judging you they're not really they're not judging you they're projecting their own like their own ability of who they think they are yeah and 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 they're not like 
you shouldn't be like there's no shame in the in we gotta we gotta break that first of all like, mm-hmm. like no fucking shame i don't like it for a different reason i don't like the fact that we're identifying it mm. like i'm walking class or middle class or upper yeah. class so yeah, like, yeah. can we not just be someone from dublin or can we not just be bleeding wherever but people that, talking about wouldn't that be great if, coffee if, or something but, but that i'd love that if, if the idea was then that um when like i when when you when i when you're going home that you were actually not paying more than thirty percent of your income in rent, right? Mm. And yet you probably are because this is what they want. This is the this is where it is. Whereas my generation, we we got mortgages and we pulled the ladder up after us, right? So there's a you that's a class issue. Like we pulled the ladder up. We went actually we're all right and we've left a decade behind us of detritus and we're going. Um, so there's there's a huge problem between sort of thirty five and forty five in this country. It has to wake up to what we did. You know, teachers doing the same work for different pay, you know, all of these kind of things. We did all that. That's class as well. That's class. That's, that's, they could have all, me and you could have been brought up in the same street, but I, I, I have, you know, 15 years on you or whatever it is. Mm. So just by dint of, of time, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually up, up the ladder, not because of any more talent than you or any more mm. ability than you or anything like that. And that's class as well. So there's no, there's no failing in that. And I, I agree with you that we should be able to talk, we should be able to talk on a parity of esteem. We should be able to talk as individuals and, and have that. And I think we can. But I think we also have to be very aware of the fact that, you, you know, certain people are going to wake up in the morning and they don't have the same opportunities as, like, like my youngest daughter plays drums, let's, right? I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to hold a drumstick growing up. You know, I wouldn't have had a clue. She plays drums. That's, that's sort of social climbing, right? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what that is. Yeah. And But I have to be able to see that and say, um, yeah. you know. Do you know what? I actually made a joke about that. I got a coffee machine. Yeah. And I was like, the neck of me, remember? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. from the flats. What am I doing with a coffee machine? Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah. Then I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, I walked for it. Yeah. This is me walking my way up. Yeah. That's why I don't like looking at it and being like, don't say, you know, you shouldn't have that. Well, why shouldn't I? No, no. no, no you, gave it to me. I didn't rob it. I fucking walked and I yeah. got it. Mm. And, and I, that's why I wouldn't like to see someone who's from who has like a posh accent and then sit there and think like, look at this posh prick because he could be looking at me saying, look at this fucking scumbag. But I don't want that. It is definitely voice versa. There's no point in trying to say that class only, like that middle and upper only look down on the one class. The one class have a real issue with yeah, and middle that's and upper as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to call that out. I know an awful lot of people who was like, Oh, that posh cunt. Like they, they won't even yeah. say, they won't talk to each other, but you'll see someone dress, and you know that from a middle or upper class area, yeah. right? But it's no harm in that. I know you know people who just go, look at that posh wank off. Oh, snobby cunt. They're like, why though? He yeah. didn't do anything. Like, he's probably the soundest bloke in the world. Yeah, yeah. but, but see, the difference is, on the flip side though, you know, that lad who comes from the, the middle class background, um, probably isn't even aware of the aware of that because he doesn't have to be. Yeah. He doesn't have the fear when the guard drives by. Mm. He doesn't yeah. have those anxieties. So, but what he does have is um, is the ability to actually like. A, God forgive me, I'm going to say something positive. Another politician, but Aon a- Reardon tells a story all the time about you know he's he's from a fairly decent background. But his eyes were only open to the issues when he was teaching in in, mm. uh, in inner city Dublin. But this one, I mean, yeah. you need to be realise that you come from a privileged yeah. position and to identify that oh, there is a problem here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I get that, and that's brilliant. That's social awareness, and you're like, people from this area will experience this. I won't. Doesn't mean it's not an issue. Mm. Yeah. And I get that, but don't look at someone and be like, he's a posh cunt, and then try and get annoyed when he says, well, you're you're like. Scumbag. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just do away with that and still identify issues, still call out things and be like the only the only thing I'd argue back with the both of you is, is that the power imbalance is wrong because 
when you then go to the commentariat and you open the newspaper, the lads who are writing the pieces are the lads who are from that because a, ABC. Ah, so, so, so that yeah, but that's but my point is is that I'm sort of saying like it's hard then if you're the lad who who is going who doesn't have the education and where do and where do I see where am I represented where do yeah. I where do I because that's why again back to your voices are important like that because it has to be it has to be actually authentic integrity and all and that has to be true because if you have it the other way it becomes this business of um don't talk at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, they, and you might even want, might want to talk at you. you. Might want to actually say to you, you know, have a conversation with you about fucking the football or something. But your man's already come in with this preconceived notion. Like, I get it. I, I've gotten um, given a lot of grief because, you know, the, the, there is that pushback from members of the commentary, but they call it reverse snobbery. You know what I mean? You just begrudge me because I have something. Yeah. And I'm going, well, it's not that I begrudge that. It's actually, I begrudge your inability to be empathetic. Right, you don't fucking you don't look at like, people using the like you know talking about people of addiction issues and they straight away go straight away the clatter clatter you know um oh, he's he's a junkie I shouldn't even say that word you know you know what I mean but they, they, they say all and they say that around dinner tables in well to do areas and that's it because that means that they can say actually that's their failing there's a moral failing mm. there and that's not to speak for everybody in these areas like this but what I'm saying to you is. The power is the power imbalance is completely different. How many how many of our politicians are private school educated? A lot. <laughs> how many how many of our politicians are landlords? Yeah. I mean, it's like forty four percent of Fine Gael, thirty eight percent of Fine Fall. Do you know what I mean? That's before we even talk. Touch about the Healy Rays and the mm. the, the Lowrys and all. They're all so they're not representative. Like our, that, all of that should look like look like us. Like you know what I mean? The Definitely ch- like the Limbaughs and, and stuff like that. But even. I know what you're saying about like the journalists who are writing the articles mm. and the papers and all. They're always going to be from that class. But I definitely think if it, if we can break the whole stigma of being from a certain class, mm. like you haven't had that money or you have this and we sort of are underfunded, if we could all come together, that person from the middle or upper class background could write about the underfunding and the disadvantaged there's areas. A, there's a brilliant and we could all help each other. There's a... There's a um, do you know Rita Fagan? Um... Shouting Dolphin House. So Rita is one of the OGs when the when when the, the drugs epidemic was bad and working in that in that community. And um there's so so we have a, a, a cohort, a lot of them a lot of them working here, who uh who operate in the Leinster House bubble. So Leinster House, they trade off rumors of what's happening. You know, he said this, she said that. And um Vincent Brown was at it was was out one night and Rita was there. Rita was sitting like up here behind me and we were and I'm chatting away, and Vincent said, uh, he said, you know what's wrong with all these fucking political correspondents? They live in the Leinster House bubble. He said, he said they should spend three weeks in Leinster House and a week in Dolphin House, right? And we have got a need for that. We absolutely need people to, to actually to, to, to see, as you said, not ignore the evidence in their own eyes. Don't accept what's been given as a press release. Don't accept what, what they're reading and then actually go and, and, and stand in these areas where... Like, as it's been said too often to me, it's easier to get uh, to get to get coke at the moment in Ballymun than it is a cup of coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like sh- that shouldn't be the case. Like but it's true. Like, mm. Where's where's but it's like that in a lot of places? Yeah, but my point being, like, like everywhere else that goes like that now, they they they, pay, they spend a billion quid in Ballymun. Where did yeah. that money go? So where did that money go? Though really? this is another thing, right, Tony? Because mm. I know you're a big socialist and you're mm. all for if you. 
have certain tax brackets and mm. tax incentives and stuff like that would be better. But is that not just throwing money at a problem? Surely if you throw money at any problem, you could solve it. No. Look, I mean, if you wanted Crystal Palace to win the Premier League, give them 10 billion transfer budget, they'd probably do it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, throwing money yeah. at any problem. But, but here's Ballymun's a good example. There's a billion quid on Ballymun and it, there's a lot of people that say it's it, it's not any better than it was when they left it in the nineties. Yeah, and, uh, that's what I mean. Where did that money go? Like, so, so we're not. That's going back to what I said about you, like how we use our resources. So, if if we had, a, if I, if you gave me a, a budget of a billion quid, I'd look at it very differently than what they're saying. Let's spend it on hap, right? I'd want, I'd, I'd go to the likes of an Okulon, uh, who is a not-for-profit builder, and I'd say, how many units can you can you build for a billion quid? And and I go to the state and I'd say. You have enough land to build thirty-seven thousand units. We can build them in a parcel of fourteen hundred, and because you get your money back every time, because you, yeah. you're you're selling them at cost, mm. you get the money. So you, your billion quid lasts forever, right? Yeah. So you keep recycling, and you try to go with there's this, and and we start doing that way. So you look at you know social sports, you build them into things, but you're but like, it's not a case of just money. It, it can't be about money. If it was about money, um, the the fact that every year they go the budget, it's the biggest budget in the history of the state. It would have fixed everything because every year, because we, you know, it's it's gonna be they're gonna announce this huge budget, six point seven billion of additional spending this year in the budget. Not gonna, it's not gonna mean, um, you know, it's not gonna, not it, gonna fix that. No, really, that's so, real. So, but if you actually directed the resources, like why are we losing doctors, nurses, and teachers? And why are we losing these people, talented people? Yeah. So we need to actually say, make this place a country worth staying in. It should be the highest paid. Blame people in the country, them. Well, Teachers, I, nurses, doctors. I don't give a bollocks. Nobody should be paid higher as, than as, as, as lefty as I am, I actually believe in an open market for, for, for employment terms. So you should be able to negotiate your salary, right? Mm, Go yeah. and negotiate your salary. Um, I don't quite get upset when they say, remember they wanted me to debate Brian Hayes as head of the Banking Federation about uh, bankers' pay. And I said, why? I said, if, if someone can sit down with his boss and I want a 50 grand pay rise and his boss is stupid enough to give it to him, that's between him and his boss, right? I didn't have an issue with that. But I also think that then when it comes to like the likes of um, making it, the, this place more livable, that means actually affordable childcare. That means, you know, schools that, that you don't have to keep paying fees to every quarter that come out to you, even though it's supposed to be free. That mm. You know, all of, like, and this is before we even get to the, like, I went to the doctor today, 65 quid. Mm. You know, I, I should... I should be able to walk into a doctor and just get seen and get my service and get. That's not the doctor's fault. That's just that's the model. That's the yeah. model we have, and we're wedded to that. We need, and they're going to do so. The childcare now they're going to start subsidising it heavily rather than actually saying actually the state is going to provide more, and that will be the exact same as HAP again. It'll be the most expensive way to deliver it because the state are going to subsidise rather than getting into the job of doing it. So. Am I am I socialist and left leaning? Yeah, absolutely. But do I believe a, a market economy has to be allowed to to find a floor? I'm not a like. I mean, I'm not a fool. Like I've, I've done twenty years in the banks. So I know how it works. But I also see when we don't put handbrakes on it, how disastrous it is and how bad it is for for people. Like I mean, it's it's catastrophic. People are dead. People lost their lives over the global financial crisis in Ireland. Whether it was true. Mortgages mis-selling, whether it was through the tracker mortgage scandal, where it was all of these things, and we just move on and pretend that um, it didn't happen. Yeah, it wasn't well, that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. You know, we're all right now. Like, probably yeah, prices yeah. back up now. It's grand. Yeah. You know? Forget about it. Yeah, grim. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to get grimmer. It could. It I could think. get grimmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that would worry me because there's definitely signs that um, that even globally the 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 like the EU the ECB. 
that's ECB at the moment is like the, do you remember the thing called quantitative easing where they were printing money to, to re, reflow all the banks and all? Mm. so they stopped quantitative easing and then they start putting up interest rates before they start putting up interest rates they came up with a new mechanism to print 30 billion a month to, to give to, to Italy to stop Italy defaulting because they're the third largest economy in, in the EU if they start to suck us under it's like What's the point? You know, like, yeah. uh, and, uh, like, uh, and and of course, here, listen, they're out in Taiwan at the moment. So by the time we get out of here, there might be mushroom clouds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think we're at the coming towards the end anyway. Yeah. I, I talk too much, let's. No, no you don't. You, well, you're a podcast host as well, so yeah, it's kind of your job to talk. Yeah. Isn't it? And same with us. It's, yeah, I think... Uh, Someone said before, to understand economics, you have to understand human nature. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So all these things are just policies and figures and this and that, but like, if you've some dickhead on the end of it, it's always going to fucking fail, isn't it? The, be- yeah. the, the, best, the best line on that is they can't put a price on spite, right? So they'll tell you, here's the, if I supply this and they demand, demand is that the price will be met here. Yeah. But you'll get some fella who'll go, well, actually, if I play the cue whore with that, your graph means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and uh, economics is all well and good on paper, but that's why behavioral economics is actually where you get to actually see when uh, people's fingerprints start to touch it and what it actually does to things, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 could go, I could go nerd out on that as well. So don't even get me going. Yeah. <laughs> listen, lads, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. No, have you had else to plug, Tony? No, just, listen, I would actually say to people, um, yeah, do check out the, like, uh, I don't know, what, whatever you're into, like Caroline West, Glow West is is, is the best sexual health podcast in, in like whatever you're talking about, for, uh, about pegging. I knew all about pegging two years ago, lads, because <laughs> I produced that podcast, right? And, uh, but, but no, and uh, that, that'd be the type of stuff. We, the Tortoise Shack is very, very um, broad like that, but also more activism. Please, lads, if I, could ask, if I could call people to get involved in anything, if you, especially if you're renting, um, go check out Katu, go check out those and, and get involved because that's where the that's where the only that's where the big battle is in Ireland right now. And it's not it's not for it's not for dickheads like me who have a mortgage. It's for people who can't get a mortgage, you know? Yeah. And and we need to sort that out. Right. Cheers, that's let's a good note to finish on. Take us out, Chris. Boom. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app. The hip knocker. Go down, go down, go down.